know I'm coming over right. Yeah, baby, tell me what you wanna do. Now you got a high for me already, baby. Hey Rob, this is Lala. 
I'm a little geeked right now because I actually am a Usher fan. I think I may have forgotten that. <laughs> um, I think Usher is a great artist. I feel like he can almost do it all. Like, great singer, great performer, great dancer, real entertaining. I pretty much um enjoy most like mostly all of his music. I love the slow jams, like the ballads and the um the even the upbeat, like the the club feel. It was this one thing he did, this one era he had era he had that I didn't enjoy so much. And to me it was like a techno kind of sound, but I don't know what that genre would have been classified as. Um, but now that he's back in the R and B arena, um enjoying him just as I've always done if I had to name like 10 songs off the top of my head on the spot I mean I really could do it and keep going because he got hits but I'm gonna keep it short and simple and I'm just gonna recall like the first song of his that I remember being my favorite song um and that was nice and slow like that's the one I've really gravitated towards more than anything and you know um it is a fond memory for me attached to it as well I didn't know what the song was about because I was very young <laughs> when it came out and I didn't care either it was just like you know it felt like to me and my big brother was on TV singing and dancing and performing and stuff. And I just remember in 1998, my mother married my stepfather. And I was begging the DJ all night to play that song. And he probably should have played it sooner because... They uh he waited till about the a half hour before the reception was over to play it, and somewhere midway into the reception, they did a toast for my parents, and people raised their champagne glasses up and did their toast and put their glasses right back down, and because I was so young and my little cousin was so young. We ran around the table, stealing everyone's champagne glass, like right in front of their faces. Like they weren't really paying attention, though. And we were drinking it. And I think I got my first buzz that night. And by the time they played nice and slow, I was a wild child on the dance floor, pretending the whole dance floor was mine. And I remember someone <laughs> getting me and my little cousin off, off the floor we weren't doing anything crazy, like, I mean, like, inappropriate, but maybe it was the song we were dancing to. I don't know, but I, I wish we still had that tape. <laughs> that would be nice to share. But, you know, as always, I look forward to hearing the three E's. I thank you for having me, and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to this one. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the legends of sports and music. This is your host, the original great Rob Silver, and today, in honor of his upcoming Super Bowl performance, Super Bowl halftime show, and I am recording this on Monday, 
February 5th. Usher in six days from this recording will be the halftime entertainer at this year's Super Bowl and well-deserved. And um, shout out to my buddy Half Pint. Half Pint, I'll be answering your question about my five greatest Super Bowl performances of all time later on in the podcast. Um, I believe, I'm going to make a prediction here. Usher is going to make my top five when it's all said and done. Usher is, in my opinion, the single greatest rhythm and blues slash soul artist of the 21st century. I'm talking about from the year 2000 to today. His track record is impeccable. That Confessions album, and we'll talk more about it later on in the podcast, the 8701 album, two classic albums. He has done it all. Romantic ballads, ballads, dance, dance songs, club songs, writing. Now, he is known for his dancing. And that Las Vegas residency he did the last few years was just what I heard. And you hear from a couple of listeners on the podcast here about how they attended that residency and they loved it. He is the right now. You hear a lot of people claiming, I'm the king of R&B. That's the king of R&B. As far as who's alive and who's not in prison, Usher is the king of R&B. Because the ones that can claim to have that throne are either in prison, uh, Robert Sylvester Kelly, (coughs) or dead. Michael, Prince, Luther, Teddy. There's only one king of R&B, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even close. Don't mention Chris Brown. Don't mention Neo. Don't 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 mention any of those dudes. Jaheem, whoever you want to bring. I don't know why people try to claim what's his name, Jacques. That motherfucker stinks. He's horrible. He's a fucking bum. Usher has proven time and time again since the year two thousand that he is the reigning, living, breathing. King of soul music, King and R&B today. And this podcast is the part, this is the first part of a two-part tribute I'll be doing. Part two I'll do several months from now. I mean, part one, it's this episode is, is combined not only with his Super Bowl performance coming up, but Valentine's Day. Because today we are playing 13 of Usher's greatest ballads. And so, uh, for those of you that are listening now, maybe you want to wait until Valentine's Day. Oh, listen now and replay this with your significant other on Valentine's Day. As this podcast is going to give you stories of love and love songs by Usher. Including the very beginning song that we played, Nice and Slow, from his My Way album. Usher's debut album came out when he was 15 years old, uh, My Way, in 1994. And look, I played that shit one time. I bought the CD, and it was a waste of fucking money, right? Uh, I don't know why in the world L.A. Reid sent Usher to go live with Puff Daddy for a summer. And ladies and gentlemen, don't believe the bullshit you hear on the internet. Puffy was never 
Usher's legal guardian because Usher's mother was always in charge of his career from heat when he was 19 years old singing gospel. Come on, man. Stop the bullshit, right? Y'all just want to make shit up. But he did live with Puff Daddy while recording his debut album, Usher, which is straight trash because Puff Daddy is a straight trash ass producer. Fuck Sean Combs. The minute Usher toss Puff Daddy to the side and a great decision by him and his mama, Miss Patton. Miss Patton, you are a great woman. They went and got together with Jermaine Dupree. And by 1997, when My Way came out, Jermaine Dupree has, uh, Jermaine Dupree has had incredible success with so many great artists since he opened up so, so definitely in the early 90s. Escape, Criss Cross, The Brat, Mariah Carey, just to name a few. But his greatest success, in my opinion, was the work he did with Usher. Because it showed his versatility. It showed the great producer that Jermaine has always been. And it elevated his pen game. He proved with Usher... That he could write great ballads, never mind great dance songs. And Nice and Slow was the first great ballad he wrote with Usher on the My Way album. And this song is a beautiful song. And um, Lala, great voice note talking about uh, Nice and Slow. And it was another thing I, uh, that I want to criticize about Puffy's production of uh, Usher's debut album, Self-Titled Usher, is that he had this 15-year-old boy, or 14, yeah, he was 15 when he recorded the album, or oh, 14 going on 15, whatever the case was. He had this 14-slash-15-year-old boy singing about, about having sex with women, which is what you shouldn't have a 14- or 15-year-old sing about. Now, Usher's 18 when he's working with Jermaine Dupri, and Nice and Slow is a much more, uh, how do you say, uh, how do you say, appropriate song for an 18-year-old to sing. I want to take Nice and Slow, my, 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 my. It's much more realistic. While the shit he was singing on the Usher album was unrealistic for a 14, 15-year-old boy. Get the fuck out of here. You didn't have Michael Jackson at 14, 15 years old singing about this shit. Chris Brown at 14, 15 years old singing about that bullshit. Stevie Wonder at 14, 15 years old singing about that bullshit. Stacey Lattisaw at 14, 15 singing about that bullshit. Come on, the Jets singing about... These were all great Tina. Tevin Campbell? Come on, well... Let me backtrack. Tevin Campbell did do a song called Shh that Prince wrote that was uh, inappropriate, even though, uh, how old was Tevin when he uh, recorded that song? Um, 16, 17 years old? Shh was very inappropriate. So you know what? Let me not, uh, let me not excuse uh <sighs> Tevin Campbell. And for more about Tevin Campbell and that song and his career, 
Check out my Tevin Campbell tribute pod here on the same platform. You're listening to the Legend of Sports and Music with your host, the original great Rob Silver. I'm not sure if I mentioned my name because uh, I've been forgetting to announce who's doing this podcast. For all you know, it's some crazy fucking dude with a New York accent who's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> we are going to have a ball with this podcast. I've got a few store, personal stories concerning Usher's songs. Um, we have voice notes before every song about people and their personal favorite uh, Usher ballads, their personal favorite Usher songs, why they love Usher. This is a love episode. This episode is all about loving your significant other because it's nothing but ballads and the love of Usher, Usher as an artist, Usher as a man, Usher, just Usher, um, who in my opinion, my opinion is the single greatest artist of the 21st century when it comes to R&B and soul. And you can make an argument that he is the greatest artist of the 21st century, century period. He's in the conversation with Rihanna, Beyonce, and whoever else you want to throw in there, right? Whoever else you want to throw in there. Um, he, he's top five across all genres, and in my opinion, number one, when it comes to soul music since the, year, since the year 2000, the 21st century. And I understand he's got a new album coming out Friday, which is perfect timing. You got my podcast that came out, that's coming out as soon as I finish recording this, either late tonight, February 5th, or early February 6th. You got his appearance on the very popular Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay podcast, which he did, which did huge numbers. And then you got his Super Bowl performance, Sunday the 11th, and you've got Usher coming off a very lucrative and highly successful residency in Las Vegas. Usher is having the time of his life, and what is he, 45 years old, 44 years old? Uh, Usher is having a great, oh, Usher is 45 years old. He's having a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, second half of his career. I mean, you cannot talk about the 21st century music and not have Usher in the conversation. If you, if they did a documentary 100 years from now about music in the 21st century, Usher's a huge part of that documentary. And if Usher's not in that documentary, talk, talk, if they're not talking about Usher's impact in that documentary, then that documentary is not valid at all. It's invalid. Period. End of story. We've got a bunch of voice notes to play, so let's see who's up next. Who's up next here on uh, the Legends of Sports and Music? Let me check to see who's the next voice note. I want to. It. Uh, the la I haven't done many uh, podcasts with voice notes recently. The last one I did was the night Whitney died. Um, I've been doing a lot of in their own words documentaries like Billy Ocean and Coolin' the Gang, Alicia Keys, AZ. I did those podcasts. What I did where I had them talk about their career and, and specific songs that they were working on and specific events in their life. Today, none of that. Today, it's the listener's turn to talk about the greatness of one of the great ones, one of the greatest soul artists of all time, Usher. We're going to listen to one of Legends of Sports and Music favorites, Shay Jones from Chicago. After we hear her, we're going to hit, listen to a great 
remake cover of a Midnight Star song that Baby Frakes wrote called Slow Jam, where Usher's joined by Monica. And then when we come back, I'm going to talk about the greatness of this song. And I'm going to do a compare and contrast between Usher and Monica's version and Midnight Star's version. And we'll talk all about that on the other side. <clears throat> Hey Rob, hey Legends family, um, this is Shay Jones checking in from Chicago. I uh, just wanted to leave my voice note about the icon, the legend, Usher Raymond. Um, I've been listening to Usher as long as he's been out. I think it's been about 30 years now, but um, he's always been a part of my childhood and my adulthood at this point. Um, probably my favorite male R&B artist Um uh, of my generation um i just remember him always being so smooth and being so cute with that baby face and he came out and of course the dance moves always stellar top-notch dance moves and he just gets better even as he gets older um you know staying in shape staying ripped um staying contemporary like usher has never fallen off never had a bad uh, album to me even though, you know, people say when you change a little bit, you you know, how they try to label it is bad or whatever, but never. Um, he stayed consistent over these 30 years and, um, you know, he even has a album titled After My Birthday, 8701. My birthday is August 7th, so that um, has always been special to me. Um, I love My Way. If I had to choose a song, my favorite Usher song, it comes off of that uh, that album because it's uh, You Make Me Wanna. I can listen to that song to this day and still feel like I did when I was 14, 15 years old. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited for him. What he's doing with his career, he has not fallen off. He's only getting better. Uh, Mid-40s, ripped, just looking great, moving great, sounding great, looking great. Um, the Vegas residency is great. I saw it three times every year um, that it was in Vegas, 2021, 20, 2022, and 2023. I made sure to go back and be in the audience and it was amazing so all kudos and flowers to usher um never really heard about any scandals with him um you know just regular hollywood stuff but he's always seemed to keep his nose clean and i'm happy about that so um i just can't wait to hear the, the pod and the tribute to him because he definitely deserves his flowers and i am excited for what is to come for him um, all right, thanks for letting me chime in, and I will talk to you soon, Legends family. Peace.
Uh, once again, I want to thank Shay for whenever she contributes to the podcast, always giving us very thoughtful voice notes, full of passion, uh, full of love for the show, full of love for the OG Rob Silver. Uh, appreciate you, Shay, Chicago queen, and um, just a beautiful soul. And man, talk about lucky. She got to see Usher every year of his Las Vegas residency. I haven't seen Usher in concert in 20 years since 2004. Now, talk about the last two times I saw him in concert. I saw him in October of 2024 twice. 2004, not 2000. October of 2004 twice. And I'll talk about that later on in the podcast because that was during his Confessions tour, which at that point in time, Usher might have been the biggest artist on the planet that was active uh, at that point in time. He was huge, huge. It was a massive run. That Confessions run is iconic. And as far as the 21st century goes, might be the biggest run by any artist this century. Well, maybe you could throw Adele in there. Her first two albums, well, I'm going with Usher, fuck Adele. Anyway, back to the pot, back to a, Shay, thank you, Shay. A wonderful voice note. I mean, huge Usher fan. You got to be a huge Usher fan to travel from Chicago to Vegas three straight years. Talk about a great vacation. Beautifully done. Now, let's compare. I played Slow Jam after Shay's voice note. Let's compare the original song, which was Babyface's first major work, was with Midnight Star, the group Midnight Star. Um, in uh, 1983 and um, Slow Jam was a song he wrote with the group and it would be the first of many great ballads and songs period that Babyface has written over the last 40 years 41 years coming soon um, and for more about Babyface his writing pr prowess his musical talent um, his singing, everything. I've done three Babyface tribute podcasts here on the Legend of Sports and Music that you can go listen to. The most recent one earlier this month. Well, actually, last month, a few weeks ago, where I chronicled the 10-year anniversary of what I consider the greatest album of the last decade. Love, Marriage, and Divorce, the duet album he did with Tony Braxton. I did a full album review as how it related to me at that time and throughout the last 10 years um, check out that podcast that's the third babyface pod tribute podcast i've done um i've done two others the duets which is part two in which i talked about 12 or 13 of babyface's greatest duets uh with singers like mariah carey and el debarge and uh tony braxton so on and so forth. Um, John B. And you know, Karen White. Pebbles. And then Babyface Part 1 is strictly songs that Babyface wrote for other artists. Artists like Boys to Men. Tevin Campbell. Bobby Brown. The list is endless. And coming up in the, in the near future, there'll be another Babyface related theme episode when i take a look at the career of after seven ready or not 
I'll give you any. Anyway, let's get to comparing the original version that Babyface wrote back in 1983, Slow Jam by Midnight Star, to the the cover that was redid, redone by Usher and Monica for the 1997 Soul Food, Soul Food soundtrack and was also on Usher's My Way album. First and foremost, Belinda Lipscomb, the lead female singer on Midnight Star for Midnight Star for Slow Jam, nailed her part. And Monica was just as great on her version. You you can uh, you can make an argument who's uh, was as who had the better version because both Belinda and Monica sang their female leads on the different versions of the song flawlessly. Now. Bo Watson did a Bo Watson did, did a hell of a job on the original version of Slow Jam with Midnight Star, but Usher bodies him. Usher was in his bag on Slow Jam. This was the song, ladies and gentlemen, when I bought the Soul Food soundtrack. This was the song where I knew Usher was going to be that dude, because I already knew from um, you make me want to be the one, you know, um. I already knew that he had the dancing down. He could do the moves. He could sing those great uh, dance tracks. But can he do a ballad? Nice and slow was good, but slow jam was another level. And as good as Bo Gentry was, I mean Bo Gentry, Bo Watson was. <laughs> I'm getting two of the members of Midnight Star uh, mixed up. As good as Bo Watson was. Usher made this song his own, made his version his own. You could easily put Belinda or Monica with Usher and it'd be a great song. But Usher's version, Usher's vocals are much better than Bo Watson's. Now, I'm not discrediting Bo Watson. He did a he did a fine job. He did a very good job with the original, but Usher was on another level. And you hear the soul, the soulfulness in Usher's voice. And this was a 18-year-old Usher that recorded this song, and he killed that song. And so the quintessential version is one of those times in which the remake is better than the original. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen uh, Luther do it with uh, Superstar. Until you come back to me, that's what. I'm gonna do. You saw Jodeci do it with lately, specifically Casey and JoJo. Uh, there's been countless numbers of times. You saw recently. I talked about it on the Billy Ocean tribute podcast. His long, his long and winding road is much more soulful than the Beatles' original version. Even though the Beatles' original version is phenomenal, Billy Ocean pours his heart and soul. Oh. Hear all about it on my Billy Ocean Tribute Podcast if you want to hear me break down both. Slow Jam's version by Usher and Monica, more specifically Usher, is the better version. Because Usher and Monica's voices not only go well together, I wish there would have been an Usher and Monica duet album. Because those two had chemistry on the mic together. Man. Wish we would have had more music 
more duets between Usher and Monica because they they uh, flowed like the like 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 the grand <laughs> like 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 the grand rivers of our lifetimes. They just flowed effortlessly with their voices together on slow jam. So uh, that's my take. If you don't agree with me, if you disagree with my uh, take on Usher singing the male lead better than Bo Watson's original slow jam version for Midnight Star, hit me up on Twitter, Legends of S82332. We can discuss it. We could discuss it. Usher proved to me that day that he was here to stay. Okay, next voice note is from, let me make sure I get this right, my Toronto, my Jamaican-Canadian brother, Jermaine. He's going to talk about the greatness of Usher. Then we're going to play another timeless Usher ballad. You got it bad. Talk all about it. On the other side. Thanks, Ralph, for allowing me to contribute once again. Uh, this is a great topic of a great, uh, one of the greatest singers, R&B singers and performers in the history um, of our genre, of uh, a genre that as black people uh, we dominate. Um, Usher has always been someone that uh, I've regarded as uh, as elite. Um, I've seen him live, and um, there's nothing like uh, those uh, performances. There's nothing like going to a live show of his. This is not quite a ballad, Rob. I'm sorry, um, but this is my favorite song from him. It's called You Don't Have to Call, and reason why I like this song is because it's was so high energy um, and not only, not only that but during that time in the early 2000s I was a big uh, Neptunes fan I've always loved the way that um, they produced songs the sounds you know the drums all the intricate beats cymbals uh, you know tambourines everything that they can fit in there uh, it was very unique at the time, and uh, and by then I'm burning CDs with whatever they come across. Um, as a fun fact, this particular beat from this song was actually for uh, Michael Jackson and his last uh, album that he was supposed to do called Invincible, um, but he ended up not taking this beat. And it was passed on to um, various artists. Um, obviously, ended up with Usher, who did uh, did more than a service to this beat. He made a classic song and a hit song at the time. And it's a very, uh, if anybody knows the kind of background of this song, it's I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward, you know. Either either you're female or you're male, and you know there's always that person that you may know that you know they're in a relationship, um, but there's there's always one in a relationship that is 
hanging out a lot or goes out a lot because you know that that's what they're accustomed to they have a lot of friends they've always done those type of things and the other one's always at home and after a while they start to kind of be a little bit resentful because they don't have those same you know those same type of friends they don't have those same type of opportunities or maybe they like to be homebodies but this song is pretty much saying you know uh, you know stop staying at home just get out go have fun you know she's having fun or he's having fun you get out there too type of thing so that's why one of the main reasons why i loved loved this song it's just high energy um um great beat obviously great production usher is on point as usual and one of my faves from well my favorite from the album 8701 and basically my favorite overall we know Usher, we know what he's done to the game. One of the greatest R&B singers and performers in the history of uh, R&B. I mean, that's there's not much to dispute that. We have many up there, and he's up there with the greatest. Well, once again, Rob, I appreciate the opportunity to, to contribute. And... Um, blessing to all those who are listening and if you haven't heard this track in a long time you don't have to call i suggest you go back and dig it up uh, or go on youtube and watch it it'll bring back some memories especially if you're uh, in your either mid to late 20s at that time when you're kind of still having fun or you know it will bring back memories okay take care
help me sing my song Tell her I'm your man, you're my girl I'm gonna tell it to the whole wide world Lady say I'm your girl, you're my man Promise to love you the best I can See I've been there, done it, hunt around After all that, this is what I found Every one of y'all are just like me it's too bad that you can't see that you got it bad. You got it, you got it bad. 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 When you miss a day, when I just bring your whole life's off track. No, you got it bad when you're stuck in the house. You stuck up. So all you think about, look at yourself. You got it bad when you're Wonderfully worded voice note by Jermaine. Jermaine, a class dude, very classic dude. If you notice for uh, throughout the history of this podcast, or when I started taking voice notes about two years ago, how uh, I have basically the same people sending voice notes. Now, I encourage everybody to send voice notes. But if I'm not sure of the character, of your character, if I've never uh, interacted with you on Twitter or if I've seen you on Twitter be ignorant and racist, I'm not taking your fucking voice note. I've gotten voice notes from people that I've seen act like a fucking idiot. I delete them shits and I don't even tell you. You could listen to, to the show or not. The people that contribute to this podcast, I ask them personally. I, If you send a voice note and I don't know who the fuck you are, I have to, you know, talk, email you. So if you ever send me a voice note and we've never interacted, I'm going to respond to you and ask you how did you find out from the sh- How did you find out from the show? Uh, how did you find out about the show? What kind of... You no, know, I, I try to... See what kind of a man or a woman you are Because I don't deal with pieces of shit in real life And I'm not trying to deal with pieces of shit That contribute to the podcast Everybody that you hear on the Legends of Sports and Music Listeners that contribute voice notes Are 
outstanding human beings. They are outstanding parents. They take care of their, their, their own parents. They are great uncles. They are great friends. They are great contributors to society. Every single one of you uh, great people that contribute to the podcast. And Jermaine is right up there at the top of the uh, food chain when it comes to great men. He's a great husband, great father, loves his parents, loves his people, proud of his Jamaican heritage, and a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man when it comes to taste and music, both him and his wife. So, Jermaine... Once again, I appreciate you, and I appreciate your words about Usher. Very true words. Usher is one of them, period. End of story. Now, real quick, let's talk about You Got It Bad, a masterpiece of a song written by Jermaine Dupree, Usher, and the great Brian Cox. Brian Michael Cox. Now, if you've Never heard of Brian Michael Cox. If you're new to the program, um, Brian Michael Cox has written several hits throughout this century. And You Got It Bad is one. And one of the greatest songs Mary J. Blige ever sung. Be Without You, Brian Cox wrote it. That's a great fucking song. Oh, my God, is that a great song. Uh God, be without you. And, you know, we will get to that song eventually when we continue on the path of the Mary J. Blige historical overview series. We've done three so far. Number four will be uh, devoted mostly to her album, Mary. And that's coming up in the next month or two. Mary J. Blige, part four. Mary J. Blige being one of the most popular uh, listens on this podcast on my platform. Whenever I do a Mary J. Blige podcast, just like whenever I do a Michael Jackson podcast, whenever I do a Keep Sweat podcast, the numbers are are way above average in listenership. So, uh, kudos to Brian Michael Cox, kudos to Usher, and kudos to Jermaine Dupree in writing a masterpiece of a song, and Jermaine Dupree producing a masterpiece. You Got It Bad is exactly what I go through when I have that love fever, when I meet a woman. And for those of you who are new to the to the podcast, I have discussed damn near every intimate relationship I've ever had in my lifetime on this podcast and whether it's with my ex-girlfriend Tracy or my ex-girlfriend Antoinette or my ex-girlfriend Asia or my ex-girlfriend Vonette or my current girlfriend Mia You Got It Bad is the soundtrack to the beginning of those relationships and the relationship I'm having today with Still to this day with me and me and I now have been together. This will be our second Valentine's Day together. We started dating in October of 2022. We're now in February of 2024. And I still have that fever. You know, they say the first six months are the most exciting. Hell, it's been 
over two years and I still get the butterflies and I still got it bad. You got it, you got it bad. I still got it bad, baby. I still got it bad. I want to look at the lyrics of this song because the lyrics of this song are ridiculous. Are ridiculous. It it really hits home. And, you know, most of you people that have been in love or, or are in love or are married and remember when you first started dating your wife or your husband. You, you have gone through this or you are going through this. You got it, you got it bad. When you're on the phone, hang up and you call right back. I love that. That's exactly what goes on. If you miss a day without your friend, your whole life's off track. You miss a day. You know. Now, my lady and I, we have conflicting schedules. She works morning, I work night. night. So there'll be times where we'll go a few days without seeing, seeing each other. But we're constantly texting each other, right? When we talk, we're trying to avoid all distractions to talk with each other. Right. And then when we do meet up after a few days, the, the schedule permits it, the schedule allows it. Boom. It is amazing. It is amazing. Um, I think this is the reason Usher sings this song with so much passion is I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he wrote he co-wrote this song with Brian Michael Cox and Jermaine Dupree. Right around the time he started dating Chili from TLC. And we'll talk more about Chili. Uh, I know Usher's been married and has had, you know, several relationships since that relationship ended. But in my opinion, the true love of Usher's life is Chili. Just like the true love of Nelly's life is Ashante. And I'm so happy to see that they're back together after years being separated. And she's finally going to have her first baby. At 43, Ashante. Ashante is beautiful. Ashante, you want to see what my lady looks like physically? Her figure is exactly like Ashante's figure. Oh, Ashante is beautiful. Kudos to Nelly. Ashante looks better today than when she debuted over 20 years ago. I, I When I first saw Ashante sing on a video, I was like, uh, I thought she had raccoon cheeks. Man, has she's she's filled out and she looks phenomenal and she's got great legs. I'm a leg man. You know, I love big legs on a woman. My lady's got big legs. All right. Now, back uh to this song, You Got It Bad. When you say that you love them and you really know everything that used to matter don't matter no more. Like my money, all my cars, flowers, cars, and candy. Said I'm fortunate. To have you, girl. I want you to know I really adore you. I love that. I love that. It brings back uh, memories of Prince's adore. I really adore you. Sometimes adore. Sometimes telling a woman you adore you adore her is more meaningful than telling a woman you love her. I know I'm from experience. Oh man, this is an amazing song and definitely Usher is singing about Chili in this song and he's given his entire heart and this is a masterpiece of a ballad, a masterpiece of a song and like I've said, whenever 
I'm in love, I'm going through that you got it bad stage. It's real bad. Because when I fall for a woman, I dream about her. I think about her all the time. I think about where she's at, what she's doing, the whole nine. It's the greatest feeling in the world. And for a lot of people out there that are, and this is Valentine's Day, so it's the perfect song to talk about it on this Valentine's Day uh, podcast. For those out there that are bitter because they've had their heart broken or uh, they've given up on finding love, look, there's somebody for everybody, all right? You might have failed in a previous relationship, but there's somebody out there that you haven't met yet that when the two of you meet each other and click, you're going to have that fever that you claim that you never want again. Life is not worth living unless you're spending time with somebody that gives you butterflies, that makes you not only love her, but love yourself even more and love life, period. Life is good when you love yourself. Life is great when you love yourself and love somebody with equal love. All right, let me stop preaching. <laughs> Let me get on to the next uh, voice note. The next voice note. Let me get this. Oh, man. I I made a mistake here. Hold on. Let me find. Uh, let's see. I want to I make sure I introduce every voice note because uh, I listened to every one of these voice notes before, before I started recording. And, man, the love you great people show Usher. Is amazing, and I want to give everybody their kudos by introducing them before their voice notes. All right, so the next voice note is from oh, this is a great voice note. This Baltimore brother is a wealth has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hip hop and soul music, and. He, 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 you, I want you guys to follow this guy on Twitter. C-H-E-A-M-A-N-E. Shemaine. Or Old Head Energy. All right? I want you to follow him on Twitter. Because he will host spaces on Twitter that are very educational in both terms of hip-hop and R&B. He might be the most knowledgeable hip-hop historian on Twitter, period. I'm not a hip-hop historian, ladies and gentlemen, all right? I'm old enough to be. I'll be 56 in May, but it's not my favorite genre. My favorite genre is R&B, soul music. Um, I don't even listen to hip-hop anymore, but whenever sh uh, my brother Tevin, whenever Tevin, the Baltimore hip-hop and music historian, posts, some, posts facts on Twitter about hip-hop, it makes you think... And you like, damn. And you know what? I've never disagreed with any of his takes when it comes to hip-hop. But then again, I'm not a hip-hop historian. But the man makes sense. The man's great. Check out check out what he's talked about. Uh, check out what he's posted about Killer Mike. And Killer Mike winning the Grammy. Um, Tevin, is a, is, Tevin is a very knowledgeable, no, extremely knowledgeable uh, music historian. So I urge you guys to go out and... Follow Tevin on Twitter, Shemaine, C H A 
M-A-N-E. We're going to hear him talk glowingly about Usher and talk about the greatness of Can You Help Me? We're going to play Can You Help Me? And I'm going to come back and talk about why I am so happy that Tevin chose this song because this song right here is Usher at his ultimate best in terms of pouring out his pain on a song. It's a great time to do a podcast on Usher with the Super Bowl right around the corner. He's going to be the halftime performer. He's going to get his flowers. He also has a new album coming out soon. And, you know, after all the success he's had in Las Vegas, it's just the right time to celebrate and appreciate him. Coming out, I remember seeing him coming out as a young kid, seeing his video with that classic Devontae uh, Swings single that he came out with. Can you get with it? And uh, it was great just seeing him. I didn't think that he would blossom into the superstar that he became in the 2000s, but it was great to to witness. And a lot of people consider him, like, as far as 2000s, probably the premier artist of the 2000s with that massive, massive success of the Confessions album. When it comes to ballads, he has a lot of great ones, so it was hard to really narrow it down. But I came to the conclusion that my favorite ballad of his is Can You Help Me off the 8701 album. Just a masterful, masterful track. And when we revisit artists and we revisit, revisit uh, R&B, it just reminds you of how much the music is lacking today as far as the structure of songs. With this song right here, the lyrics... You know, it's a five-minute song. You can't get a five-minute song these days. You, that's two songs combined. That's how an artist would look at it. They would look at it as though they were losing money. They would be losing money if they had a five-minute song. But this is a great song. Has everything you want. The lyrics are great. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. You know, what more can you say about them uh, as far as the work they've put out and the careers that they have had and still are having to this day? But you have it all. And another thing missing, in, I, especially male R&B today, I'm not saying every artist, but, you know, the majority, especially the mainstream, vulnerability in the music. Like, can you can you help me? Can you help me? Show me what I need to do to keep you, to, to keep you happy. I don't think many, many singers would even come out and say that, you know. It's an all-dog-eat-dog world now, but this song has everything. I love it. Can you help me? bridge everything is perfect on this record and um absolutely love it so shout out to usher you know i hope the new album is good i see a lot of features on it when i see r&b r&b album with a lot of features and a lot of songs i kind of get worried but for the most part he's been working on it for so long i hope that is great and again flowers for usher thank you legends of sports and music podcast i'm out And the world just won't let me slow down But in my biggest picture Was a photo of you and me Girl, you know I try I work hard to provide all the material things That I thought would make you happy
confused, can you make me understand? Cause I try to give you the best of me I thought we were cool, maybe I was blind But never took time to see Without you, I think I'll go crazy. Life's a 
Once again, thank you, Tevin, for another great contribution to the podcast. And it was a great setup and intro to the song, Can You Help Me? And to what I'm about to talk about this song. Can You Help Me? is the type of R&B song, the type of raw, unadulterated, passionate, heartbreak music that we are missing from male R&B singers today, like Tevin mentioned in his voice note, where you are pouring your heart and soul into a song about the woman that you're about to lose. Can you help me? Tell me what you going to do. This song was released in 2001, and it's another incredible ballad written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. A long line of great ballads, both love songs of uh, passionate love and of heartbreak songs. And this is one of the greatest heartache songs they've ever written. And Usher channels his inner Michael Jackson. When you hear this song, I think, I'm pontificating here. I'm thinking Jammin' Lewis is writing this song with Michael Jackson in mind. But Usher is the one that is singing it. And ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to dancing, I always felt Chris Brown was the closest we ever saw the Michael Jackson saw to Michael Jackson, but in terms of the overall product, the overall entertainer, the overall singer in both singing and dancing, Usher is baby Michael Jackson, not Chris Brown. Now, I'm not going to argue with you. I I agree that Chris Brown is the greatest dancer as a singer since Michael Jackson. But when you combine Usher's great dancing with that great tenor slash falsetto of his, now Chris Brown could sing, but Chris Brown's material, what he's sung about since his early days, have nosedived, while Usher has consistently put out Great music, both dance-wise and ballads. And this one right here is top of the food chain. He is singing his heart out for this woman, channeling his inner Michael Jackson with a song written by Jammin' Lewis. I want to study these up. I want to study these lyrics because this lyrics the song starts with him sounding like Michael he sounds like Michael throughout this whole song why 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 living on the edge out of control and the world just won't slow down I mean he is singing about this woman and he is pleading for her not to leave and he's telling her can you help me can you help me figure out a way to do what I got to do to keep you? Fellas, we've all been there. I've been there on a few occasions where you have this woman who is the best thing that ever happened to you. And through mistakes that you made, you see her slipping through your hands. It's sort of like 
and I broke it down on the Isley Brothers podcast. Sort of like Usher's version of Footsteps in the Dark. And Footsteps in the Dark, Ronald Isley is singing about how he could hear her leaving him. The Footsteps in the Dark, right? No matter what he does, the relationship is dying a slow death and it's going to die. Well, in, in Usher's can you help me? He's trying to rectify the situation the only way he can by not only begging her not to leave, but to, but asking her, can you help me? Tell me why you want to leave. Baby, help me. Without you, my whole world is falling apart and I'm going crazy. Life's a prison when you're in, when you're in love alone. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I've been there. I remember uh, seven to eight years ago when my ex-girlfriend and I broke up for the first time, Vonette. And even though I was seeing somebody else, I wasn't in love with that woman. That was the, the, the woman I was dating at the time. She was a rebound. She was a huge rebound. She was much younger than me. She was a huge rebound. I was in love alone because I was still yearning for the love of, of what I thought was my life at that time. Okay. And when you hear, can you help me? You hear Usher with the love of his life singing to her, pleading with her. Tell me, tell me, what can I do to fix this? I don't want to lose you. Life's a prison when you're in love alone. I need you to come back home. I don't want to be alone. Why, 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 why? Girl, I put your love up on the shelf. And I guess... I just left it to die. Here he is. He is confessing his sins. He had this beautiful woman who unconditionally loved him. And he took it for granted. He put her love on a shelf. Now we're not together. Because I hurt you too many times. And now you're not around. I wish for every moment of time that got wasted. We used it to make sweet love. Oh, man. I mean, the pen game by Jammin' Lewis in this song is perfect. It's just flawless. He said that all the time I wasted playing around, taking you for granted, uh, mistreating you, we could have made that. We could have made love during that same time. Instead, I blew it. Oh, man. And the way Usher sings this song, this is the part right here. Uh, uh, will you help me? Tell me what you want from me. Can you help? Tell me what you want to leave. And he goes on. He goes, help me. Why, why, why? I mean, he sings with so much passion. It's unreal. I compare it to Michael, she's out of my life. Same passion, same heart-wrenching singing. And you hear the hurt, not only in Michael's voice, but in Usher's voice. And this song, man, thank you, Tevin. Because I'm going to be honest. I had left this song off, off the playlist until Tevin sent me that voice note. And I was like, wait a minute, how the fuck? How the, I hadn't played this song in years. 
until I had forgotten about this song. Tevin's voice note unlocked my memory about how I used to play this song over and over and over again. And when it comes to Usher, his ballads, as we are playing his ballads throughout this podcast, his heartbreak ballads are better than his romantic ballads. A true, a true professional at his craft. Um, amazing song. I could talk all day about Can You Help Me? Tell me why you want to leave. Can you? Fellas, this is Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day podcast. If things aren't working out, all right, with you and your lady, if she's still living with you, if it's your wife or your or, or, or your girl that lives with you, buy a whole buy a whole bunch of flowers. Go home, give her the flowers, play the song, and tell her this is how you're feeling right now. What can I do? Tell me what you want from me. See if you can work it out, cause it's hard to find a good woman in this day and age. All right. Man, thank you again, Tevin, for unlocking that memory. Next voice note is from LL School K, my great trucker slash boxer slash singer from Chicago, a jack of all trades, master of all. He's going to talk about Usher. He's going to mention throwback. And I'm going to play throwback. And I'm going to talk about how the Dion Warwick sample is just perfect, infectious, and the genius of Just Blaze on the other side. When we talk about Usher, that's probably one of my most favorite contemporary R&B artists. You know, you got the soul artists, which, you know, is the Teddy Pendergrass and the Marvin Gaye. And then you got the contemporary artists like uh, Johnny Gill and Usher and uh, Keith Sweat and Genuine. Usher has to probably be the best uh, R&B artist, contemporary R&B artist, I would say. Not the, you know, he's on my Mount Rushmore, man. He's he's up there. I you know, I got him up there with you know, Marvin Gaye and uh, Teddy Pendergrass, and you know, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go with the deep voice, Barry White. Uh, he's up there, my Mount Rushmore. My favorite album. Um, my fav his my favorite album by his and his was the Confession, which was a great line of work, beautiful catalog. Um, I felt like that was Usher's best work. Now I don't know, maybe maybe you all got different opinions, but you know that's one of the albums that was a that was commemorative, one that I can go back on. I remember, you know. Back in the day when that album came out, what was going on in my life at the time, you know, and uh, I was like in high school during that time when that album came out. So, you know, that that, you know, Usher brings back a lot of memories because I I kind of grew up listening to Usher. Usher is more of my generation, you know, me being a millennial versus the other guys that I named on my um, Mount Rushmore. But yeah, man, that Usher's just—he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He should be in all the Hall of Fames. That dude has done it all. You know, I don't care about what these guys do in their personal lives. I care about what they, 
do because I don't know them personally. I just care about what they do professionally. So, you know, I would like to hear from y'all what y'all love about Usher. And do you all have a favorite album or a favorite song? Man, this is going to be fun. All right, man. Back on it again. I see y'all on the next one. Real talk. Usher. Just Blaze. What she said to me Now I'm wishing she was still here with me And that day's here You may gotta shed tears right? You never miss a good thing till it needs you but Finally I realize that I need you I want you back Baby girl I need you back Gotta have you back baby
Man, the outpouring of love for Usher on this podcast so far has been phenomenal. And it's going to stay that way. This is a love fest. And this episode is all about love. Valentine's Day, baby. Oh, man. Yo, uh, my man, Mr. Gale's great voice note. Always. And um, throwback. Throwback is an incredible song. Produced by... The legendary producer, Just Blaze, who's just as great producing R&B songs as he is producing hip-hop songs. He's produced some of the greatest songs of the 21st century. Not only Throwback, but Rock the Mic and What We Do. Two of the greatest hip-hop songs of the 21st century. Uh, Touch the Sky, Kanye and Lupe Fiasco. The song that introduced me to Lupe Fiasco. Tremendous. And my all time favorite Just Blaze produced song. A flawless hip hop record and it wasn't a gangster record. It wasn't a street, it wasn't a record about selling drugs or or or, 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 do, or smoking weed or, or robbing people at gunpoint. No. Exhibit C. Exhibit C is an incredible Incredible song by Jay Electronica, produced by Just Blaze. It's a perfect hip-hop song. My favorite hip-hop song of the last 15 years. Unreal. Just Blaze has had a tremendous career. And, man, he went into the crates with this one by sampling You're Gonna Need Me, written by Holland Dozier Holland, Sung by Dionne Warwick. This is a perfect sample to a perfect song. You're driving me crazy. Ooh, you're going to want me back. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Funny story about this song. At this point in time, I'm seeing a young woman named Nika. Nika at this time was 28. And I was, I'm eight years older than Nika, so I was 36. Um, Nika was introduced to me by... Uh, a co-worker. She's the niece of a co-worker when I was an administrator at a foster care agency in uh, on 29th Street and Park Avenue South in Manhattan. That agency, Sheltered Arms, no longer exists as its original at inception. Um, they went out of business. If you guys from New York area remember, in 2003... A tiger was found inside of a foster home in a Harlem project building. Well, that foster home was under the auspices of Sheltered Arms, the place I was working at. Less than a year after that tiger was discovered by ACS, we were out of business. That tiger put us kaput, out of business. July 2nd, 2004, we were shut down for good. That was my last day working there as an administrator. And ever since then, I've been no longer in foster care. The last 20 years, I've been um, in um, courier administrative services, working as a dispatcher and an administrator of courier services. Currently, the courier service I work for has an, uh, has an uh, has a contract with Amazon, which we deliver Whole Foods and other uh places run by Amazon and, and owned by Jeff Bezos, Be Bezos, whatever the fuck that billionaire's name is, but 
Uh, kudos to that dude, man. He employs a lot of people through Amazon, not only in Amazon, but Amazon affiliates like the company that um, I manage courier service for. Anyway, Nika's aunt introduced me to her. And um, if I ever do a Jaheem tribute podcast, I have a wild story uh, concerning Nika's Aunt Willa. <laughs> but this won't be the podcast to talk about it. Anyway, um, Willa's sisters, uh, Nika's other aunts and Nika's mother, in 2004, we went to, uh, in the summer of 2004, uh, right around my son's 12th birthday, we went on a trip with Nika and Nika's family to a an amusement park in Connecticut called Lake Comp Compass. Lake Compounds? Lake Compass. Anyway. Um shout out to my friend Shalia. Uh she could probably Shalia, when you hear this, let me know how to say it correctly. Is it Lake Compounds or Lake Compass? I forgot. Anyway, uh while we were there, right? Everybody was blasting the music in their cars and in, in the car Nika was driving, she was blasting the Usher CD that I bought her. And one of the songs, of course, on Confessions, and I'll talk more about Confessions on the next segment after we hear Simone's um, voice note, because Confessions is one of the biggest albums of the 21st century in terms of sales and impact. Anyway, while we're playing, while, while Nika's playing Throwback from the CD I got her, and I forgot which one of Willa's sisters came by, but she was like, uh, Willa's sister was like, Rob, she's, she's playing that song. She's dedicating that song. Ooh, she's dedicating that song to you. Ooh, you're going to want me back. Uh, 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 I said, uh. We, 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 we're we together. What are you talking about? Oh, no. She's preparing herself for when you leave so she could sing that song. Ooh, you're going to want me back. Uh, <laughs> and Nika, who was very light-skinned, turned pale. Now, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Nika back then was the spitting image facially and physically of Trina, the rapper. Same type of build. Uh muscular calves big legs thick thighs and booty for days and a beautiful smile and the same complexion i mean she i remember when um i talked about this woman on my podcast before there was a woman at at the place i was working at shelter and arms who worked in the it department who was married at five foot ten five foot eleven i'm five six and she had a thing for me and i was like i told her first of all you're married Second of all, I don't date women taller than me. But I remember when Willa asked me if I could take her niece out. Samantha, the woman that's five foot ten, five foot eleven, and I talked. You want to hear the entire story about her? Tevin Campbell tribute podcast. I talk about how crazy this woman was. That just she was just wild when it came to me. And I, anyway. I'll just let you know that I never did anything physical with her because she was too much taller. Now, she was a pretty woman. She looked like a 5'10 Faith Evans. Faith Evans in her prime, not Faith Evans today. 
she was very attractive, but she was married, A, and B, she was much taller than me. I don't date taller women. No. Anyway, when Willa asked me, could I, uh, in front of Samantha, would I be interested in taking her niece out, her niece at the time, this was three years, in 2001, this was three years before uh, Confessions came out. This was 2001. Um, Nika was 25. I was 33 at the time. When she asked me, would I, would I be interested in taking her niece out? Uh, Samantha was like, oh, yeah, Rob, you like her. She looks just like Trina, your baby. <laughs> and that right there gave me uh, gave, <laughs> gave me inspiration to take her out. And the first time I ever took her out was to a Maxwell concert. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, I cheat when it comes to dating women that I'm interested in, all right? If I'm interested in a woman, right, y'all on there bitching and moaning about $200 dates, now I spend much more than $200. If I'm taking you to a concert with good seats, a concert like a Maxwell, Mary J. Blige, Babyface, New Edition, if I'm taking you out to that concert, and then we have a dinner afterwards. It's much more than $200. And fellas, you could cry. Oh, I'm just spending $200. If you're interested in a woman, take it to a concert. Take it from the OG Rob Silver. It's the ultimate cheat code. Because you're guaranteed a second date with that woman if you take her to see a Maxwell, a Mary J. Blige. All right? An usher. And get the fuck out of here with your bullshit $200. Uh, I'm not spending $200. The woman's worth it. Put that woman first. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so it was funny. It's, it's a, with, uh, with, uh, Nika heard her aunt say, um, ooh, you're going to want me. Oh, she's getting that prepared. She, she, she smiled awkwardly because at that point in time, I wasn't dating Nika exclusively. I was dating two other women at that time. And eventually, by the following year, not only was I no longer dating Nika, but the other two women I was dating at that time were no longer in the picture. And then by the mid midway 2000, mid, middle of 2005, I met Asia. And she was my next um, serious relationship. She was the last serious relationship I had before uh, Vinette. So, um. There goes your timeline. Go throughout the history of this podcast and you get the timeline. Throw of my uh, love life. The history of the OG Rob Silver's love, love life. Anyway, Throwback was my favorite song from the Confessions album. We're going to hear a voice note from Simone. We're going to hear Lovers and Friends. And then I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about how Confessions had the world in a chokehold in 2004. And a story about how six women called me, including Nika, to try and go with me to see Usher at Madison Square Garden in October of 2004. I'll talk all about it on the other side. Usher is one of those like once in a lifetime talents. Um, I think the most recent thing that he did that just amazed me was the celebration for President Obama when he was leaving office. Um, it's, it's on YouTube so you can Google it and see. 
Um, but the performance was just stellar. I mean, he was dancing, singing. He seemed like he was just freestyling some of the songs that he was singing, some of which, you know, weren't even his. I mean, the thing that I love about Usher is that he was a teenage star and his talent just, he just continued to grow his talent from there. I mean, he didn't, like, he didn't stop being, uh, like, some, some teenage artists, they get stuck in a box, but he just continued to grow over the years. And on that special um, for President Obama, you can see he's so comfortable at what he's doing. I mean, there's like no fear, no hesitation, even though he's in front of the room, in the room with all these, you know, the president, all these dignitaries and, you know, other superstars, there was no hesitation. Like there might be with some other artists, even ones that have been around for as long as, you know, he has. Um, the performance, it was almost effortless, but of course, we know it's not, you know, it's from years and years of practice, touring, rehearsals. Um, and I, I guess my favorite, one of my favorite Usher songs is Think of You. You know, of course, that, that was one of the first songs he had out. Um, and he sang with such a maturity, even though he was only like 15 or 16 years old. Um, my other favorite is She Came to Give It to You, where he just floats over that Pharrell beat. And then to top it off, you know, the video, um, he's such an awesome dancer. Um, the other song that, you know, believe it or not, that just sends me there is one where it's not technically his song. It's Lovers and Friends by Little John. I mean, the whole song, especially where Little John is rapping, is just completely hysterical. It's, it's, it's just not, it doesn't make sense, um, especially the Little John part. Because he shouldn't be rapping on a slow song at all. And then Ludacris comes in too. And, you know, picks it up. But maybe when Usher just, he just elevates that song to a new level. Right? Especially at the end where he's just, you know, hitting those high notes and everything. He just brings the song up and he just really makes you feel, he just makes you feel it. Um, and, you know, Part of the, the thing that makes me a little sad was that I was supposed to go see Usher in Vegas during the pandemic, but we were a little afraid, so I sold I sold our tickets. But I'm definitely going if, he's, if he does another residency, because it's a once-in-a-lifetime uh, talent. GT with me. She said, oh, 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 I'm ready to ride. 
yeah Cause once you get inside You can't change your mind Don't mean the sun and ration, But you gotta promise, baby Oh, Sorry Tell me again, my baby Sometimes wanna be your lover, sometimes wanna be your friend, sometimes wanna hug you, hold hands, slow dance while the record spins. Opened up your heart cause you said I made you feel so comfortable. Used to play back then, now you all grown up like Rudy Huxtable. I could be your bud, you could beat me up, play fight in the dark and we both make up. I do anything just to feel your bud. Why you got me so messed up? I don't know but you gotta stop tripping. Be a good girl now, turn around and get these whips. You know you like it like that. You don't have to fight back. Here's a pillow fight back. And I'll be set in separate plays. So on all these separate days, your legs can go they separate ways. Tell me again, my baby. Oh, it's a good look, baby. Simone picks, brings up some great points about Usher. Yet yeah, that celebration for Obama's presidency, um, my mind, my memory is kind of hazy. I have this on DVD. I recorded it off a of TV onto my DVD recorder when Obama was leaving office in 2016. It was, it was either on PBS or BET, Celebration of Obama. And Usher was phenomenal that night he was uh you know usher is often compared 
to Michael Jackson. And rightfully so, because you see that Michael Jackson is the father of Usher style. There is no Usher if Michael Jackson hadn't existed. Just like you wouldn't have a Chris Brown or an Amarion, those guys, if Michael and Usher didn't exist. But that night, Usher didn't remind me of Michael Jackson. The performance that he gave that night that uh, Simone mentioned in her voice note. He reminded me of Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. in the 1960s and 1970s, whenever he did a performance, he would sing, dance, make jokes to the crowd. He was comfortable. He was in his own skin. And I got a feeling that's what the Las Vegas residency was all about with Usher. It was him doing the modern-day Sammy Davis Jr. act. Uh, Shay, you can tell me if I'm in the ballpark here with my comparison between Sammy Davis Jr. and Usher. When I watched that performance that night, whether it was BT or PBS, I forgot, on celebrating Obama's presidency, Usher reminded me of Sammy Davis Jr., and ladies and gentlemen, if we ever have a Sammy Davis Jr. biopic, Usher's the man to play Sammy Davis Jr. He could do it. And Usher has been decent. I mean, to me, he did a great job playing Sugar Ray Leonard in the Roberto Duran um, Hands of Stone movie. I thought he was very charismatic, and he captured a young Sugar Ray Leonard. And I'm saying young. Uh, Usher, at the time that he played Sugar Ray Leonard, was... Uh, how old was Usher when he played Sugar Ray Leonard? When when that movie came out, Usher was 39, but he didn't look a day past 25. <laughs> it's amazing that Usher is 45 years old and he is aged like wine. He is as handsome as ever, as youthful as ever. He looks like a grown man. A, 25-year-old man who has grown into his man strength and he's in his prime. Um, and Sammy Davis Jr. for years had that boyish look, but he could captivate a crowd, the charisma that Usher has. And to me, that's what separates his style from Michael Jackson. Now, Michael Jackson idolized Sammy Davis, so everything comes full circle. Yeah, Lovers and Friends wasn't on the Confessions album. That was on the Little John and the Eastside Boys album, which they did several features. There was great songs. There was this song that we just played, Lovers and Friends, that Simone talked about. There was a great song they did with Ice Cube that my son loved, and I was like, man, Ice Cube killed it. Lovers and Friends was sort of like a sequel to Yeah. Yeah was a massive hit on the Confessions album. Ladies and gentlemen, Usher didn't win the Grammy for Best Album 2004. But did he lose it to a... He might have lost it to a Outkast. Did Outkast win? Ladies and gentlemen, I try ignoring the, the Grammys, but 2004 was a magical year in music. So many legendary albums came out that year, and at the top of the food, you had, uh, you had Kanye's debut album. You had... Uh, you had uh, Confessions by Usher. You had uh, Alicia Keys' uh, 
album that came out. Um, I just Mary had a, had Mary J. Blige had an album that even though it didn't do the same success as her previous work and her upcoming work after that, it was still a great album. It just didn't get. It got lost in the shuffle. You had Beyonce had her had had a had had an album come out that year. Um, it was an amazing year in music, in hip hop, pop, rock, and soul. And of course, Outkast, uh, The Love Below, uh, their double speaker box in The Love Below. You just had a tremendous year of music. Musicology by Prince. 2004 was a year for the record books. Just a tremendous year. Music, and in my opinion, it was the last great year of music 20 years ago. Was the last great year where you saw all these genres come together because music is watered down. Let's be honest. But to me, the best album of 2004 was Confessions. It had a chokehold on the world. So did uh, Outkast's album. But quality-wise, I think Confessions was better. It was hit after hit after hit. Uh, Jermaine Dupree was Mr. Can't Miss because in 2004, he had Confessions, and then he come right not too long after The Emancipation of Mimi with Mariah Carey. So uh, Jermaine Dupree in the mid-2000s stamped his legend status, his legendary status as an all-time great writer-producer. Let's let me let me let me pull up because I'm not I'm not playing. I only played one song from Confessions today because um eventually I'll probably just do a podcast on Confessions. So it's good that I only played one song. But let's look at you had year. Little John and Ludacris, which who also were on Lovers and Friends on the Little uh, Little Little John album. You had Throwback, which I played prior to this. You had Confessions Part One and Two. You had Burn, Let It Burn, great song. Caught Up, another great song. Superstar, a phenomenal album. A phenomenal album. Yeah. Eventually, I'll do a pod, a standalone podcast on confessions and confessions only. And maybe, definitely this year, it's the 20th anniversary. So, we got to come back with Usher Part 2 just talking about confessions. Usher's Confessions Tour came to Madison Square Garden October the fall of 2004. Kanye West was opening up for him. So, I went... And got great seats as I always get. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know who I was going to take. I had six women, including the three women I was dating, hound me. Rob, I know you got tickets. You always get tickets. Can I go with you? I was, they was hounding me every fucking day. I was like, the other three women, why the fuck are you calling me? I haven't taken you out or seen you or been with you in a long time. Scratched them off the list. The three women I was seeing at the time, Nika was the only one that didn't have a boyfriend. So it was probably going to be Nika. But my son Peter was 12 years old at the time. And he told me one night, because remember I told you guys, Peter, Kanye West was the first artist he idolized and he loved Usher's 
Confessions album. He played it all the time. He was like, Dad, you think you could take me to see Usher? But if you can, I understand. I said, you know what? You just solved the problem for me. So I told the other three ladies, including Nika, uh, I'm taking Peter to see uh, the concert. He's not young enough to... Un what do you mean he's not young enough? He's 12 years old. Shit, when I was 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, I was listening to music years by much more mature than this. Are you kidding me? He don't understand. And plus, Kanye West's favorite artist is opening... It's the opening act. And I talked all about Kanye's set on the Kanye West Tribute Podcast that I... Uh, recorded the day after my son passed away two years ago. So you guys, the entire podcast is about my son's love of Kanye. I would highly recommend it. Whatever you feel about Kanye, his political stance, his mental breakdowns, that Kanye podcast really captures the essence of his greatness. It covers his first two albums, and it talks about my son's undying love for Kanye up until the day he died at the age of 29. My son, when he passed away at the age of 29. Anyway, took my son to see Kanye and Usher. And like I mentioned on the Kanye pod, he had a great time. He did the Kanye West Jesus Loves Walk, and uh, I got a couple of phone numbers just by him doing that because, oh, that's your son. He's so adorable. Hi, my name is Lisa. <laughs> Here's my number. Call me. Call me. <laughs> and then Usher tore up the spot. And then... Nika got to see Usher because a few weeks later, Halloween night 2004, Jay-Z had kicked R. Kelly off the, st off the concert tour the night before at Madison Square Garden. So at the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, since R. Kelly was no longer on the tour, it was Jay-Z and Friends. And he brought out Usher, and Usher was the best performance of the night. So she got to see her... Uh, she got to see a glimpse of Usher. Um, and it was the third and final time I saw Usher live. I saw Usher in 2002 at Jones Beach. Um, Nas opened for him, and it was a torrential downpour. And Usher's trying to dance, and he slips, but he catches himself while he slips. And Nika and I started laughing. I took Nika to see Usher that night as well. So, yeah. Uh They didn't get to see Usher, but my son got to see Usher. And it was the second time I took him to a concert. I had taken him the year before in 2003 to Jones Beach to see Wyclef and Mary J. Blige. And he loved Wyclef, but Mary J. Blige, he just kept complaining to his friends. She was loud. She was too loud. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to the next voice note. The next voice note is from my Jacksonville homie, Larry. Um, he's going to talk about the greatness of Usher. Talk a little bit about moving mountains. We're going to play moving mountains. And when I come back, we're going to talk about moving mountains. Another great heartache love song by the incomparable Usher Raymond. Hey, what's going on, Robert? Just, uh, checking in with you, but, uh... Latest uh, Usher 
pod episode. Um, man, what can I say about Usher, man? He been this year makes 30 years since he released his, I believe, his debut album. I guess it was called Usher. Um, I forgot the name of the song, but I know uh, Puffy was involved with the project. I just remember him being real young. I thought the song was pretty cool. And then, uh, I mean, I was 10, so I wasn't in the RB at all. You know, I, I, you know, I hear some songs that my older sister played. My older sister was very instrumental in my music taste early on. Then I was in middle school, at least um, my way. And uh, you made me wanna. And I remember the video. And what tripped me out here, he had on some uh, scattered pigments. I'm a sneaker here, and I was just like, man, it's kind of cool. But I noticed, of course, he's older. You know what I mean? And the song was jamming. And then what really made me mess with his music more was uh, my way, the title track. Just that beat. You know what I'm saying? Because I was in the hip hop. That's nine because that came out in '97. But I think that song probably came out the next year, '98. I can't remember, but. 98 is my favorite year in hip hop this period. I was in eighth grade. You know, I listened to a lot of different like DMX and uh, Juvenile and, you know, and uh, uh, Outkast, of course. They were just coming out of here. Jay Z, Lauryn Hill. Like, 98 was a real cold year. And just that beat, just the 808s on it. You know, Jermaine Dupree on the board of the whole album as well. And he just took a different turn. And, man, I just, I just, Started paying attention to this music, and from then on, when I was in high school, I mean, of course, then A701, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you got it bad, and but you don't have to call. That's probably one of my f- not my favorite Usher song, but at least top five, at least. Because I remember listening to that going to the prom, they were playing at the prom. Right? When you just kind of you know having a bad day, just feeling like man, you throw that on real quick and just make it, you know, just it just make it groove a little bit. And then I just did this track in his career. And then, of course, Confessions came out three years later. I was 20 at the time. It just um, a phenomenal album. And I was his, that was his thriller moment. Because, of course, I grew up listening to Michael, but I was so young. But I saw Usher. I mean, he's five years older than me. So kind of in that age group. So you kind of see his, his, his uh his decision to superstardom, you know, that was like my generation, I guess, Mike here. Nobody ever beat Michael. Let's make it perfectly clear, but just in that realm of a kid to adult and just flourishing. And, you know, with him and Jermaine Dupree, man, that chemistry they had, I mean, Confessions is undoubtedly <clears throat> one of the best arm, if not <clears throat> one of the best arm, excuse me, one of the best R&B albums of the 2000s. The only one you can even compare that to in the contemporary male is definitely uh, Arcata with TP2.com, which came out in 2000. But yeah, Confessions, man, he he made that stamp. He was a little bit older. He's a grown man now. You know, Jermaine Dupri and uh, Rico Love and, you know, Robin Thicke made uh, King Handler. But of course, you know, uh, Superstar, which he performed. On the tiny desk, which was, which was classic tiny desk, you know, just all like one of my favorite songs on there, and you know, you just, you just see he he, he arrives in a, in, a, in a real big way, and you know, I believe he, the next album was um, 
Here I Stand. A lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was a good album. I thought it had some really good songs. I know The Dream did a lot of writing. Moving Mountains was a dope album. I mean, dope cut, I'm sorry. And a lot of other different cuts. I thought it was a solid album considering. I know he was married and everything else. And, you know, so he was, you know, at that time I was married too. So he just went, you know, you grow with your artists. And your artists, you know, grow with you. And I just saw the growth. And then, uh, what it was, uh, Usher vs. Rain. I believe it was the album came out 2010, the one that had the papers and everything else. I think they returned to his roots of how, you know, how he usually makes the album. So, you know, I, it's not too many bad Usher albums that I can really say from him. Like, he still sounds, he still sounded good. He still sounds good vocally. You know what I mean? You witnessed that in Tiny Desk. So now just to see him hosting the Super Bowl, it's just like, he's not, he's not, he's, He's tackled everything on the on the box with a check. You know, he's checking everything off off the uh, off his list, and it just it's just dope to see, man. I mean, he has merch with his own jersey for the Super Bowl. Like, I I didn't think he'd never get you know to this level. I know he was capable of it, but just seeing it all unfold, and he's still healthy, and he's dropping a new album. I think about a week and a half from now, or next week, I believe. So, us has always been that dude, man. One of my favorite, you know. One of the first people that made me kind of get into R&B, you know, I never disliked that. That just wasn't my go-to genre. But it, and then if you're an 80s baby and you're raised in the 90s, beside like Jodeci, you know, like Jagged Edge or, you know, Mary J. Blige, which my sister was really listening to heaviness. Like, he was one of the first ones that, you know, made me kind of get into R&B. Beside Jagged Edge, that's the first R&B I'm ever bought, <laughs> ever, but before I just, like, Saying oh, I'm gonna get an R&B CEO. Who's the go-to guy? Usher. I mean, he's a superstar. I mean, he's talented. You know, he, it seems like he's getting getting better, he's getting better with age, and it's just dope to see. You know, he had his ups and downs in career, like every other celebrity does. But you know, I always respect his artistry and what he done, man. I got I got nothing but uh, number of respect for Usher. Salute to him. You know, keep going. And, you know, keep de- keep delivering good music. And that's all I'd rather say about Usher. Um, everybody and everybody else is going to have uh, even more in-depth and uh, clear and concise uh, voice notes, and I'll be you know, I'll be on the lookout to, to hear them. And Robert, thank you again for letting me, uh, you know, share my thoughts on Usher. And y'all enjoy y'all day. It's like whatever I do Just can't get through to you I'm never gonna tell you nothing wrong Listen Now nah, she like me, shawty got love her we Used to jump up in the main fucking roll out Used to care, she used to share The love that she used to give me can't be found I lost my way, she said she stayed And lately I've been sleeping with a ghost My stock is down and out I used to be with my weight and go That was before the drink depression kicked in and rocked us And that was before the hurricane came in and stopped us I told you to leave, but you lied to me when you said that Maybe no worries, I promise to get us back I'm no sorry, just wouldn't do it My heart is a bit rated, I'm trying to travel through But it's like moving mountains 
Once again, thanks, Larry, for uh, your contribution. Always, always appreciated here on the Legend of Sports and Music. Larry, early 40s, longtime music fan, knows his shit. Now, I'm always honored when he drops me a note. Now, he brought up Moving Mountains. Moving Mountains is another incredible, heart-wrenching, heartache ballad from Usher. Now, I know this is a celebration of love here on Valentine's Day, but we got to give props and um, prayers to those listening that are single and have been through a bad breakup and are still mourning the loss of a relationship, a loving relationship that was their entire life. Moving mountains. 
is dedicated to those out there who had their heart broken or who were in a relationship like I was a couple years ago where the writing was on the wall. And no matter how hard you pushed, it was like moving a mountain. Why don't, why don't you just leave me? Just leave me alone. <laughs> Usher sings with all the passion of a man who knows that it is fruitless. It, 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 it is uh, it's a losing cause. It's a losing battle. Just get up and leave. You, all you're doing is prolonging the agony and, um, how do you say it, delaying the inevitable. Cause I, I learned, I learned, I learned, uh, God, Lord, we broke up in August of 2022, so we're talking almost 18 months ago. So look, when it's, no, more than 18 months ago, what the fuck am I talking about? Two and a half, uh, well, let me see, August of 2022? Yeah, man, I, excuse me for the butchering of my uh, math. Yeah, about 18 months ago. Anyway, moving mountains. Wow. Why don't you leave me? Oh, you look at the lyrics. And the lyrics remind me of a song I mentioned earlier on the podcast, The Isley Brothers' Footsteps in the Dark. You know it's over. You're trying to stop it, but it's over. It's like whatever I do just can't get through to you. I'm never going to tell you nothing wrong. Listen, now she loved me, shorty, I loved her. Used to jump in the Maybach and roll out. Used to care, she used to share. The love she used to give to me can't be found. I lost my way, she said she stay. And lately I've been sleeping with a ghost. Oh, have I known, have I experienced that, ladies and gentlemen? My stock is down and out. I used to be worth my weight in gold. But that was before the Great Depression kicked in. <laughs> and, ro and rocked us. And that was before the hurricane came in and stopped us. I told you to leave, but you lied to me when you said that, baby, no worries. I promised to get us back. No, no. Tricky Stewart and the Dream. And ladies and gentlemen, where is the dream? The Dream was on an incredible run from the mid-2000s to the mid-2010s. Where's the Dream at? Boy, it was a master songwriter producer. Man, let me tell you something. R&B still had a lifeline when you had Jonte Austin, Brian Michael Cox, Neo, and The Dream writing incredible songs, not only for themselves, but for other R&B artists. Where'd they go? Neo, get the fuck off a of BMF, man. Go go make some music. Neo Tribute Podcast coming out soon. Um, we won't be talking about him in the trailer of BMF wearing a fucking blowout. <laughs> moving, moving Mountains, another masterful heartache ballad by Usher. Tricky Stewart and... The dream, write a masterpiece for Usher. And Usher, man, as great as his love ballads are, his romantic ballads are, I think his heartbreak ballads are even better. 
And um, this is me. This is me uh, taking an educated guess here. This is me pontificating. All right. I think whenever Usher sings a heartache ballad, he draws on the breakup of him and Chili's relationship. Because Confessions was basically an ode to Chili, his love letter to Chili. Now, this is years later, Moving Mountains is uh, years after, uh, four or five years after Confessions. But this is, uh, I believe, when Usher, whenever Usher does a heartache song, and you're going to hear a few more before the end of the podcast, as we celebrate Valentine's Day with both romantic ballads and heartache ballads, because... You haven't lived life unless you enjoy, unless you've been through both. But then again, there are some brothers out there who met their childhood sweetheart and are still married to them to this day. Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean has been with his wife since they were 14 years old. All right. 15 years old. My bad. My parents were 14. Since they were 15. I think she was 14. He was 15 when they met. All right. Um. They've been together over 50 years. God, Lord. Going on 60? Billy Ocean's up there in age. Amazing. Amazing. I don't think Billy ever uh, had to... Even though in Billy's ballads, heartbreak ballads, like uh, A Long and Winding Road and Love is Forever, you could hear him express pain. But I'm always thinking a singer like Billy Ocean or a singer like Jeffrey Osborne, who've been married to the same woman for over 40 years, I think they uh, they imagine their life without the love of their life, and that draws a great inspiration when they sing a heartache ballad. With Usher, it's the experience. And Moving Mountains is him drawing on, on him uh, losing uh, Chili, in my opinion. And I, I think at this point in time, Usher was already married to another woman, uh, a, a marriage that ended in divorce. But I, to be honest with you, whoever, in my opinion, this is just my humble opinion. Since the breakup with Chili, I don't think Usher's been happy. I think whatever woman he's dealt with has been, um, you know, to satisfy his needs. Maybe he he loved, he has loved these women um, in his own way. But the passion that he had with Chili, I don't think has ever been equated in his life. Since she left him after he cheated over and over again. Look, I'm not going to make any excuses for a man cheating. I've cheated, right? So, uh, I, you know, I'm not making no excuses. All I know is it's hard to be with a good-looking, talented, smooth brother like Usher. And uh, not think you're, you're, you're not going to be cheated on. He's going to be... He's going to women throw themselves at Usher all day, all night. Look at his residency that he did in Vegas. Look at the controversy when Kiki Palmer was shaking her ass in front of him on stage. God damn, she lost her entire relationship behind that And all they did was, you know, dance sexy on the dance floor on the stage. Oh, man, Moving Mountains, another great song. Kudos to Tricky Stewart and The Dream. They got that emotion out of Usher. And very few in the last 25 years, 
can um, can give you that unadulterated rawness when it comes to a heartache song. Okay. Um, we're going to continue now. The next voice note is from the great Mr. Scott. Mr. Scott, one of the classiest brothers that I follow on Twitter, great music fan, a gentleman. Um, the man loves his mama, loves his grandmother. He's a, a great gentleman. Give him all props. Give him all props. For Mr. Scott to not like you, you have to be a piece of shit. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's a class act. Um, he's going to talk about Usher, the greatness of Usher, and of course the lo his love for he Here I Stand. We're going to play Here I Stand, and then we're going to talk about another masterpiece of a ballad here, um, in Here I Stand on the other side. All right, all right, Mr. Silva. This is Timogen Scott again. Thank you yet again for asking me to contribute to the Legends of Sports and Music podcast. So you asked me, right? What's a standout ballad by Usher? Um, for me, it's Here I Stand. Um, to me, it's just top tier, melodically, vocally, lyrically. Uh, it's great to have a, more a specifically a male singer who shows vulnerability and appreciation for the person in his life romantically. So, yeah, that's a classic to me. Um, everything is just right with that song. So anybody who has not heard it, it's called Here I Stand. Usher, I think, is a fantastic um, vocalist anyway. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely a great a great tune. I'm looking forward to what he's going to do at the Super Bowl. Anyway, thanks again. I'm hoping that this ain't too hard to believe. Cause baby, you're the only one for me I know it get hard when I'm moving in and out of state But I promise my heart for you, I would say Just remember that what that means oh yeah, yeah you're the blessing I never thought I would get 
Mr. Scott's voice note was short, sweet, and to the point. Thank you again, Mr. Scott, for uh, your contribution. Here I stand. A beautiful, unconditional love song. Co-written by Polo the Don. And Polo the Don has had a great career. He's another one from the mid-2000s to early 2010s. Had a run of great songs that he wrote and or produced. Anaconda by Nicki Minaj. London Bridge for Fergie. Another up-tempo song. Loving this, love, loving this Club for Usher. Forever by Chris Brown. Throw some D's, Rich Boy. Massive Fit, Promise for Sierra. So uh, he was on this run when he helped co-write and produce this song, Here I Stand, this amazing, unconditional love ballad. Ladies and gentlemen, we're celebrating the career of Usher we're celebrating his new album coming out in a, a few days after I record this. We're celebrating him performing at the Super Bowl. You probably, this will be released early Tuesday morning, February 6th. Because it's still, I'm still not finished. And it's 11 o'clock on December 5th, Monday night. I'm, I have today off and I have tomorrow off. So I'm trying to get this done so I can release it and send it out to the masses so you guys can hear my tribute to Usher and the Valentine's Day podcast for the listeners of the Legends of Sports and Music, whether you're in a loving relationship or whether you're heartbroken or whether you're single and in between relationships. This is for the love in all you guys. Here I stand is one of Usher's great ballads. Matter of fact, all the ballads I've played on this podcast are part of an incredible array of ballads. I'm, I'm not even doing all of them. Ladies and gentlemen, on this podcast, you're not going to hear My Boo by Usher and Alicia Keys, an incredible duet. You're not going to hear Matrimony, a great song that he did the hook on for a while. There's a few songs on here we're not going to hear today. We'll get to it eventually because Usher has the type of career that I will do multiple parts on, like a Prince, like a Mary J. Blige, Michael Jackson. I've done seven episodes, eight if you count the Greatest Night in Pop documentary with you. All right. So here I stand. What can I, I mean, let's look at some of these lyrics. Um, And I feel, I feel this song because right now I feel about my lady the way Usher is singing about the lady in this song. I'm hoping this ain't too hard. I'm hoping this ain't too hard to believe. Because baby, you're the only one for me. <laughs> I know I, it gets hard when I'm moving in and out of state. But I promise my heart for you. I would say, just remember that. No matter how far I go. And ladies and gentlemen. His, uh. The way he sings this song eerily reminds me of Stevie Wonder. Dun, 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 dun. Usher has incorporated all the legends that he grew up listening to in 
his uh, repertoire, in his singing voice. Of course, Michael. You got a lot of James Brown in him when he's dancing like Michael. Sammy Davis Jr. with his stage presence. And Stevie Wonder in this song. No matter how far I go. I love this song. Oh, beautiful selection, Mr. Scott. Ever since you came, it seems like, ever since you came, since you came along, it seems like I couldn't get it right. Yeah, I found I sunk so low that there was no way I could be found. Never thought love would find me. This is exactly what I went through before I met Mia, uh, the love of my life right uh, that I'm with right now. August of 2022. I broke up with my long-term girlfriend of eight and a half years. My son had passed away just a few months prior, five months prior. Then in September of 2022, my mother has a kidney, uh, kidney infection, and then she has a brain seizure while in the hospital recuperating from her kidneys malfunctioning and her kidneys went back to being normal but then she had this brain seizure and she was in a coma for 48 hours in the midst of this october comes and i meet this beautiful young woman who happens to be a client of my company's as we deliver as i mentioned earlier in the podcast for whole foods and she manages a whole foods um i go to see her about an issue involving with one of our employees that uh um, that she has a problem with at the store And boom when I see, see her for the first time I lose my fucking mind For the rest of the story Check out the Tevin Campbell uh, podcast The Can I Talk To You segment Which I also mentioned on the Babyface Part 1 podcast All right, I mentioned how I met her in both those podcasts and how it was nerve-wracking. Because, ladies and gentlemen, today, if you meet a colleague, whether you're working with the colleague or a colleague that's a client of the company you're working for, and there's an immediate attraction, if it's one way, it could go real south for you if you're too aggressive. I didn't know what to do. I mean... Yeah, she smiled at me when we first met, but she's a professional. She's professional. She's management for the store that she works for, Whole Foods, for the organization she works for. She, For all I know, she's like that with everybody she meets on a professional level. I, I can't uh, assume that just because she's smiling at me and, 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 and she's looking into my eyes while we're talking that she doesn't do that with everybody else. That's just part of her routine. You know, uh, she gave me her personal cell phone number when I was leave, but it was because of, was it for business? Because, you know, we're working, uh, her, my company services her store, you know, so I, I, for the whole, for the whole story, go to the Tevin Campbell tribute podcast with Babyface part one. You'll hear my, um, I had anxiety that entire evening, but fast forward, that was October, 2022. Fast forward, we're in February 
2024, about to celebrate our second Valentine's Day together as a couple. And here I stand. Uh, perfectly uh, states my feelings for her. No matter where. I, I mean, it's, it's the perfect an uh, analogy. He goes, no matter how far I go, no matter how far I go, see, no matter how long it takes, no one or nothing, nothing, baby, ever changes the way I feel. I'm your man. Listen, see, forever yours. I mean, this, look, I can't sing. I'm trying to carry a note. I can't fucking carry a loaf to save my life. But you heard the song before I, I, I did the segment. It's an amazing love song. Kudos to Polo the Don, who was also in that mix. Probably the last great era of R&B music producers and writers, man. I mean, the genre has slipped so far. I mean, I know we have some amazing talents out there. Uh, Robert Glasper, Victoria Monet, uh, SZA, you know, the Bailey sisters, uh, Solange Doles. You know, we, we've, we still got some great talent out there. We just don't have the the marketing and the radio play and the video play, because this music video is a dead art form, to uh, bring these great acts to the forefront. Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges is a gen generational talent. You know? There's a lot of great talent out there that they're not moving the numbers they should be moving because nowadays... You got to learn about music from hearsay, you know, from social media. Oh, okay. Victoria Monet, let me check out her music. Uh, SZA, you know. Uh, uh, Alex Isley. Of course, the, the great Leon Bridges. All these guys are lucky day. All these great talents. Man, I love 7th Street. She should be a bigger star than what she became. All these are very talented and generational greats that were born in the wrong era, I'm sorry to say. Usher, one of the last legendary soul music stars, man. And he's performing at the Super Bowl this Sunday. And, you know, uh, his album comes out Friday. His, num his albums are never going to do confessions-type numbers. 80 8701 type numbers, my way type numbers, never again. People don't buy physical copies anymore. They stream the music. And they're not even going to stream the music close to what he used to sell. So uh, it's not going to matter to Usher. You know, he's making a ton of, he made millions with the residency in Vegas. And when he does his first tour in several years this year, he's going to do major numbers as well. Um, and hopefully... I'll be there if the ticket prices are within my budget. Because y'all know from listening to this podcast, the OG Rob Silver is a frugal motherfucker. All right. <laughs> Next voice note is from Jay. And Jay is going to talk about his favorite Usher ballad, There Goes My Baby. I'm going to play There Goes My Baby, and we'll talk all about it on the other side. What's good, everybody? This is Jay, a.k.a. Uncle Rob's nephew, one of many. 
<laughs> and he summoned me once again to now talk about one of the greatest artists ever, Usher. Now, with Usher, to me, he was always, like, Usher was always dope all around from everything, from the from the singing to the dancing, even his videos. His videos is, is top-notch to me. Um, He's like a... Please don't kill me, everybody, when I say this, but I'm not saying this in terms of impact. I mean, in terms of, like, his style and how, how he'll approach things, especially dance-wise. But he's he's literally like a baby Michael Jackson. A lot of people say Chris Brown, but to me, it's it's Usher. Like, he 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 used that blueprint to a T, so to speak. You know what I mean? And that's what you that's what that's what I see when I when I see Usher or hear Usher. It's like baby MJ. Not in terms of singing, but mostly in like dancing and performance and uh his approach to videos and stuff like that. And he's not the only one, but he's probably the one that stands out the most in that in that style, in that regime, so to speak. Um my favorite Usher ballad. I, I don't know if I can say I have one favorite, but I'll just pick one. And it's probably um There Goes My Baby. Only because I remember that on the radio every single day. Like even my dad likes that song. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he used to play it a lot. So yeah, There Goes My Baby is is mine. Uh that's the end of my small soliloquy on Usher. ATL's finest. Uh, everybody that's listening, to everybody that's watching, hope y'all have a great one, a great day, a great week, a great month. Peace.
the place, girl Feel like I'm in the movie, baby I'm like, ooh, we, baby, oh Like waterfalls, your hair flows down to your waist Can I get a taste, girl? No need to keep, cause baby, I ain't ashamed Of calling your name, dedicate the song there goes my baby to where you can talk about her the way usher is talking about the woman in the song there goes my baby anybody who knows me personally and there's only a few people out there that really know me but you know the women that have dealt with me know me that when i am all in on a woman i show her off Anybody that follows me on social media, uh, my ex-girlfriend, Vonette, when we were together, even if we were going through a rough patch, I always posted pictures of her and I and p posted pictures of herself, you know, smiling and looking as beautiful as she is physically. Same thing with my girlfriend today, Mia. I always post pictures of, of her. There goes my baby. Usher is bragging about this beautiful soulful woman she she he's with and that's what i do and jay i hope one day that you find a woman where you could you know be uh proud and prideful to show her off i love it when men show off their ladies too often i hear 
especially on social media and in the barbershop I go to and on the subway when dudes are complaining, dudes complaining about women. Oh, uh, uh, this broad here, so, oh, all she wants is to do with money. This broad here, she's never satisfied. Forget them. Jay, you and I live in New York City. The ratio of single men to women is seven or eight to one. It was funny. The other day I was at work and one of the couriers asked me, because um, he knows, all, all my couriers know uh, my lady because she manages one of the stores that, that we make deliveries from. And she was like, yo, yeah, OG, uh, Yo, 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 your lady is so beautiful, you know. Um, but I remember you used to date another chick a few years ago. Uh, how did how did you do that? And I said, look, my ex and I broke up in August. I met her in October, two months later. Wow, that fast? I said, I mean, it was just luck. It was just luck. It had nothing to do with who I am. It was just luck. It was just you know. You you make the right turn, you make the right uh, t you know the right circumstance, and boom, you find somebody. And the reason he brought it up to me was because he had just gotten his heart bre breaking, broken. His heart was broken by a woman he was with for over four years, um, and he's going through a rough patch right now. And so he's you know asking my advice on. You know, how do I get over her? Uh, uh, how do I move on? And, and what's a great way for me to meet somebody to try and forget about her? I, I told him, look, I'm no connoisseur of, of, of romance, all right? I'm, I'm not an expert, all right? I've had more failures than <coughs> successes because, look, I'll be 56 in May. I've never been married. So I said, look, all I could tell you, Lou, the brother's name is Lou. All I could tell you, Lou, is that just be yourself. Don't force it. And don't look for a relationship, especially when you're on the rebound from this relationship. All right. I asked him, is it over with him and the woman? She said, yeah, she's moved on. She's got it. She's dating a doctor. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, good luck. Good luck for her. Good for her. But, uh, and by the way, the couriers that that we employ, they all make between thirty-five to forty-five dollars an hour because you take in their hourly wages plus the tips they make and the number of deliveries they make during the day. They make a killing, right? So uh, she's with a doctor now, but it wasn't like uh, she was going hungry when she was with homeboy. Homeboy was taking her to uh, on trips and. Uh, to the movies and always out and used to give her flowers all the time. I remember he used to always tell me about it, and uh, but things didn't work out. So he asked me, you know, my advice, and he's always asking me. I was like, and I tell him, look, don't worry about it. He's 24 years old. He'll, he, he'll move on, all right? He'll move on. He's got, you know, he's got a steady job, steady income. He's got his own crib, you know, and he lives... And it, he lives in Hoboken, New Jersey, right across the river from New York City. So, I mean, the uh, cost of living out there is much, much, much cheaper than 
on this side in the five boroughs in New York on my side of the river. So I said, look, you know, just do what you're doing. He's big, you big into video games. Maybe you'll meet somebody at a video game convention or a comic con convention. Cause he's huge into comics. He's huge into AI. I said, look, now that you're a uh, single concentrate on your studies to, to do wanted to do, uh, uh, graphic arts, you know, look into a college, you know, I, I gave some suggestions The the school my uh, son graduated from with an associate, uh, New York City Tech in downtown Brooklyn. I said, look, look into those schools, do something, but maybe while you're doing this, you meet somebody with the same type of interest you have, and maybe a relationship can blossom. I said, don't force it, and don't search for it, because I damn well wasn't searching for a woman when I met the last two women, the last three women I've been in a serious relationship with, I wasn't looking. No, actually, no, I wasn't looking for anything. Um, I've been lucky. I've been blessed to be with some very beautiful women in my lifetime. And probably because even though I'm shy, I've got a great sense of humor. I've got great taste in music and, um, I cheat when it comes to taking the woman that I'm interested on a first date. Where <laughs> something extravagant, like you can never go wrong with a concert of that woman's favorite singer. Period. I cheat. What can I do? You know, I cheat. It's not life's not fair. <laughs> but. There Goes My Baby is exactly what I do when I'm 100% in a woman. When I'm 100% about a woman. When I'm 100% into a woman. There goes my baby. Ooh, ah. The entire song is Usher bragging about this beautiful woman he's with. Which I do all the time. Follow me on Twitter. Legends of S82332 for those who are new to the to the podcast. And you'll see what I mean when you see pictures of my lady. Alright. Next voice note is from Ah uh, one of my favorites. And it's the first time she sent a voice note in a long time, but I'm glad I got her. I wanted her to send a voice note about Janet Jackson. Because I always tease her. I said, you know, your voice sounds like Janet when she talks. But she's back and she's going to be very uh, transparent in her love for Usher. And she picked a great song. I mean, this song. Oh, I, an amazing ballad. Climax. So we're going to hear Ariel. We're going to hear Climax. And they will talk all about it on the other side. Hi, Rob and friends. Um, it's been a while. Thank you for having me. So, um, as you may know, like Maxwell, Usher was another one of my childhood crushes that lasted on into adolescence and still currently throughout my adulthood. Um, both gorgeous, talented men with long-lasting careers and still fine as hell to this day. Um, so Usher is mainly known for his upbeat R&B songs and da dance moves, but he also has a lot of ballads that are really good. 
One of my favorites is Climax from the Looking For Myself album. Now, judging by the name of the song, one would assume that it's sexual in nature. However, the song is actually about reaching the climax of a relationship or its breaking point. Um, on the hook of the song, Usher is singing in falsetto, and to me, it almost sounds like he's crying or crying out, singing, going nowhere fast, we've reached the climax. We're together, we're together, now we are undone, won't commit, so we choose to run away. It's a very emotional song, full of angst and sorrow, and his performance in the visuals on the music video are really, his performance is really good. Um, some parts he's singing, and although in despair, he looks angry. While he's singing, I gave my best, it wasn't enough. You get upset, we argue too much. We made a mess of what used to be love, so why do I care at all? Like he's mad at himself for feeling the way he does. There's a complexity of emotions in this song ranging from sadness to confusion to rage back to love when he sings that he needs the woman one more time because he can't get what they had off his mind. It's really a deep song from an underrated album. I Care For You is another good ballad on that same album. So yeah, I hope you all enjoy this song as much as I do. I love me some Usher. And thank you again, Rob, for allowing me to talk about him and about this great song. Reached the 
you know, it wasn't until I heard Ariel's voice note that I knew, that I found out that she had a thing for Usher. All this time, I thought Ariel, being that she's light-skinned, and always talked about beautiful light-skinned men like Maxwell and Lenny Kravitz and uh, fake Drake, that she was partial to light-skinned men. But she loves us some chocolate, too, as you could... Not only does she love uh, what you call uh, light chocolate, uh, butter, butter pecan. Not only does she like butter pecan, but she loves dark chocolate as well. Uh, so I'm um, glad to hear that uh, her uh, <laughs> range of men that she's attracted to has variety to it. But uh, <laughs> Uh, the song Climax, Ariel, I relate to this song so much. Another phenomenal, iconic, heart-aching, heart-breaking ballad by Usher. Climax. It's an amazing song. And Usher, in one of the most underrated... Usher has one of the most underrated falsettos in the history of music in the history of soul music. You know, they always talk about the great falsettos, Eddie Kendricks, Elder Barge, Prince, Michael Jackson, guys that could hit that falsetto. I mean, just knock it out the park. If you guys are remember Eddie Holman, hey there, lovely girl. I mean, the, uh, the brother from the Stylistics. Was it Russell Tompkins Jr.? Uh, just um, iconic falsettos. You got to put Usher up there with the falsettos. Now, I'm not saying he's greater than Eddie Kendricks or Russell Tompkins Jr. or Prince or Michael Jackson when they do their falsettos. But when Usher hits the falsetto, especially in a song like Climax, he bodies that, that voice. And what I love about Climax is he's practically crying on this song. At all, at all. Da, da, da. Oh, man. I mean, the way... I mean, the way uh, he goes... Uh, where are you now? I mean, he's basically crying on that, on that, on that uh song. Oh my God! You, where are you now? Oh man, I love that song. I love this song. I love that part of the song. Where is it? Where 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 are we going? Where are we goes? Where are you now? Oh, okay, where are you now when I need you around? I'm on my knees. He's begging. He's begging for this relationship to overcome the hardships it's going through. But you know what? It's too late. The relationship has hit the climax. It's time to end it. I know from experience, it. I know it hurts. It hurt like a motherfucker. The two times I finally broke up with 
especially the first time. Second time, it was more of a relief. Uh, and that's where it gets here eventually when you're in a long-term relationship and you see the end of the road, the climax, as the song states. You know, it's time to cut your losses. And I see, even though we, her and I were never married, we were together for over eight years. We weren't married. I see what happens in a divorce. You get to that uh, point of no return. That's what Climax is all about. But it doesn't stop any pain. Doesn't lessen the pain. But you realize that you have given your due diligence. You have given your all. You have put all of this into this relationship. And it's time to cut the cord. Usher. One of the great singers of heartbreak music in the history of soul music. He bears his soul in these songs because I'm, I'm always saying this. And there's no proof on this. You know, my, my theory is whenever he sings about his heart being shattered or about a relationship ending. It's because of what happened. With Chili, how he broke her heart. He cheated on her several times and she got tired of him and he never got her back. And ladies and gentlemen, 20 years after the relationship is over, I bet you if she did what Ashante, if she were to do like what Ashante did with Nelly, Usher and Chili be married tomorrow. Tomorrow. And she'd be pregnant by Saturday. <laughs> That's the love of his life. No matter how many times he's impregnated women, no matter the marriage or living, whatever he's done since Chili, Chili has been the one. Just like I always said that Prince's true love was vanity, Usher's true love was Chili. Period. Period. End of story. Um, doesn't matter who he meets or who he's with. Because remember Prince... Prince had one baddie after another. After Vanity, Apollonia, Sheila E. Uh, he was with Kim Bassinger for a little while uh, before she left him for Alec Baldwin. Uh, he was with Carmen Electra, Nona Gay. Then he married my. He married my. Mate, how do you say her name? And damn shame I don't know how to say Maytay's name. Oh, Maytay, Maytay. I always put your name in. She's a fellow a Latino. She's a fellow Latin like me, but uh, she's a beautiful woman. Uh, quick story, and when I do another Prince podcast, I'll probably revisit this story. But um, Nona Gay said after Prince died, she did an interview, and she said she was madly in love with Prince. Nona Gay, Marvin Gaye's beautiful daughter, said that he wanted he was was ready to propose to her. Talked about picking out an engagement ring in the, all, all, the whole nine. Then this, she's, she's thinking Prince is going to marry her. She turns on the radio and she hears that Prince uh, eloped with some other chick. Oh, man, that had to have shattered her heart. Prince did her dirty. Prince did all these women. He did vanity dirty. He did all these women dirty. Um, shout out to my man Rob Hill out there from Philly. His theory with Prince and the women that he's hurt is that Prince never got the love 
that he desired from his mother. And Rob makes a great point. If you ever read the book, The Beautiful Ones, was supposed to be an autobiography of Prince's life, but six months into the book, he died. But he gave the author a lot of information in the six months prior to his death. So the book was published, but it was an incomplete story. But Prince did admit to the author of this book, The Beautiful Ones, and I highly recommend reading reading the story because it's the only bi biography Prince ever authorized because it was his own words up until he died. Prince said the first woman he ever fell in love with was his mother. You see pictures of a young Mrs. Nelson. And Prince's mother has the same last name as my ladies. Wow. Anyway, um back to uh back to uh uh Back to Prince's mother. Prince, uh, if you ever see pictures of Prince's mom, and there's a few in this book, you see a striking, a striking resemblance to several of the women Prince dated. Prince had a type. We all have a type. If you've been a listener to my podcast, you know my type. I love short, thick women. Short women with beautiful faces, pretty smiles, big booty, muscular calves. You know, like my mother says, whenever she meets meets a, a woman I'm dating, y'all look the same. Well, Prince's type was a lot like his mother. Striking, red bone, high yellow woman with uh, straight hair, exotic beauty. And then look at the women he dated. Vanity, Apollonia, Sheila E., uh, Maite. Known a gay. A lot of them bear a striking, striking resemblance to his beloved mother. Um, so, uh, if his mother would have given him the love, maybe he would have married Vanity, and maybe Vanity doesn't a become a crack addict and b marry a ser serial killer after a career died. Maybe Herman Prince could have walked away into the sunset. Sad, sad. And Prince and Vanity, I told you, Vanity was Prince's true love. Prince and Vanity died several months apart. Several months apart. It's wild, right? Unreal. All right. Let's get on to, uh, matter of fact, before I go, let me confirm those dates. Before I go on to the next voice notes. When did, when did Vanity die? Denise Matthews. Vanity, Vanity, Denise. All right, you know what? This is amazing. This is fucking amazing. Vanity died on February 15th, 2016. Prince died two months later, April 21st, 2016. You know, there's always a saying... That when a married couple for years that are together, when one dies, the next one follows them quickly. Now, Prince and Vanity weren't, hadn't been together in over 30 years. I'm not sure if they saw each other in 30 years, right? Prince was 57, I believe, when he passed away. Um, 
how old was Vanity? Prince was 57, and Vanity was 57. They died two months apart. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Let's get on to the next, uh, let's get on to the next, uh, voice note. The next voice note is from my Chicago sister, Nazobia. Nazobia is going to talk about Usher. And briefly, short and to the point, one of the ballads that she loves is Tell Me. And Tell Me is an underrated gem. We're going to listen to Nazobia's short but sweet voice note. We're going to listen to the greatness that is Tell Me. And we're going to talk all about it on the other side. Favorite Usher ballads. I will have to start with... um do it to me um tell me and trading places um with chris brown um i say those songs because i appreciate what he's doing vocally um so much range um and the tone is always on point um he really sang those songs like from the gut as usual but those would be my three favorite from Usher as far as ballad
fight so hard, but when the two become one We work out problems and we fix it when them When we get body to body, body to body, body to body So wet, and I'm so hard, and when the two become one, it's like oh my god, and then we feel like our spirit wanna leave our body, leave our body, leave our body. Zobia, you and I are on the same wavelength. We're on the same page. Tell me, I'm so glad you mentioned Tell Me in your voice note. I was going to play the song anyway. It's already on my list. I mean, to me, it's the ultimate sexual lovemaking ballad Usher ever made. And you know what? It was never released as a single. It was from his 2016 Hard to Love album. This is amazing fucking song. And, excuse the la language, but it's the perfect song to fuck to, to make love to. I know, I have made love to this song. The, I mean, it is just amazing. And I mentioned Usher's falsetto in the last segment. His falsetto is on another level. In this song It is like he's actually making love to a woman While singing this song Tell me you want to make love Body to body Body to body There are some incredible Lyrics In this song That he is singing without falsetto And then when he goes to a heavy tenor When you so wet And I'm so hard and when the two become one, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> then we're feeling like our spirit want to leave our body. Leave our body. Leave our body. Oh, I love when it goes, uh, women, women and men fight so hard. But when the two become one, we work out problems and we fix it. Whenever we get body to body, body to body, body to body. First time I heard this song, I was in between the two times. In between the two times I was with Vonette, I was dating this much younger woman named Ashley, and Ashley uh, was telling me about another Usher song that she enjoyed from his new album. So back in the day, this was before I even. This was years. I, I when did I uh, subscribe to Apple Music? I didn't start subscribing to Apple Music to. 
until the pandemic 2020. Up until the pandemic, I was still illegally downloading music. And what I would do is on my iMac, I had a uh, a program that would turn uh, songs that I downloaded from YouTube into MP3s, and then I would put them on my iTunes. And so I downloaded all the songs off of YouTube from that album, and I was playing them, and I was like, okay, that's okay, that's all right. All right. I wasn't impressed until I heard Tell Me. Tell Me blew my mind. And um, it, it, it was an automatic aphrodisiac because Ashton and I made love one night to that song. That song, I mean, body to body. It's like I said, it's like he was making love to a woman while singing the song. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Valentine's Day. And if you want, if you want to get into a romantic mood, if you want to get into a romantic mood with your lady, with your man, play this song. First of all, they're going to, they're probably going to say, who sang, who sings that? And when you tell them Usher, you're going to be like, what? What? I never heard this song. It was never released as a single. It was a song on an album that didn't do well commercially, but this is an outstanding ballad. Nazobia, thank you. For talking about, I was going to play the song anyway, but I'm glad you know about this song. A real Usher fan, a real fan of music knows about this song. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is the first time you've heard this song, play it to your heart's content. Go, it's on the Hard to Love album. Go stream it, download it, whatever. And you know what? Listen to the lyrics. When I become hot, when you get wet, it I become hard. I love it. Fucking usher. Oh my god, I'm having a ball with this usher tribute, ladies and gentlemen. We are celebrating Valentine's Day with the legendary usher's music, his ballads. We are going to do one more segment, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a marathon of a of a podcast. We're going to hear my buddy from Jersey, Keisha, talk about Usher. We're going to play I Cry. And then when we come back, I'm going to answer my buddy Half Pint's question because coming up this Sunday is the Super Bowl. Usher is performing. I'm going to mention Half Pint's top five greatest Super Bowl performances. And then I'm going to give mine to finish off this podcast on the Incredible Ballads by the greatest soul male singer of the 2000s, Usher Raymond IV. We'll talk all about the great Super Bowl performances, in my opinion, and in Half Pipe's opinion, on the other side. I had to record this several times because anybody that knows me know Usher is one of my favorite artists. I've been rocking with Usher since... He came out with the video, Think of You, that was back in, what, 94. It is now 2024, so I'm still rocking with Usher. I'm so glad he's dropping his new album. Um, also, I would like to say it would not be a Chris Brown or an Amarion if it wasn't for Usher. If you look at the video, their videos, even the music, is they, they, they got their style from Usher, you know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
Usher is the prince of R&B. I'm sorry. Michael Jackson is the king, you know, rightfully so. I'm going to say that Usher is the prince of R&B. He, you know, he, he set the blueprint for these young guys like the Chris Brown and Marion's. His music is timeless. I can't even pick a song. Like, Usher has albums that I love. My Way, 8701, Looking for Love, Hard to Love. He has al- Confessions, of course. He has albums. Here I Stand. He has albums that I love more so than singles. So, wow. I'm just so happy that he's going to be doing the Super Bowl halftime performance is long overdue. They should have been picked them a long time ago. I can't keep it together. I usually don't show my emotions. But it ain't getting better Cause you can't be blind with eyes wide open And I see struggle, I see pain I see only the mess we made I see things that I can't change And it hurts my heart to say I cry for the sons without fathers And the pain that the mothers hold deep inside And I'll fight for the future we're making You can change if we face it Cause these tears won't dry So I cry See someone that cares for others Oh, no, 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 no Do I love myself more than my sisters and brothers? I don't know Now I've seen struggles, I've seen pain I've seen beyond the mess we made I've seen things that I cannot change it hurts my heart to say I cry For the sons without fathers And the pain that their mothers Hold deep inside So I'll fight For the future we're making It'll change if we face it Cause these tears won't dry So I cry The promise is broken I will stand by your side I'll fight For the ones who stop dreaming And the ones who stop believing You're not alone, I feel your pain
I'm proud of Keisha. She gave us a much longer than a minute, minute and a half uh, voice note. You could tell the love she has for Usher because she talked more than any other voice note she ever gave in. I think she'll do the same thing when I do a standalone Tony Braxton episode. I think from speaking with Keisha on Twitter over the years that her two favorites on the male side is uh, Usher. On the female side is uh, Tony Braxton. And I think Janet might be her third favorite after them two. Um, I Cry is an amazing song. Another great ballad by Usher. I mean, and this has been a podcast full of nothing but incredible love songs as we celebrate Valentine's Day, both for those in love and both who have lost in love, who have lost loves, who have had their heart broken. I'm thinking about both the people who are happy and the people who are sad because I've been, to, I've been, in both situations. I've been very happy and in love like I am now, but I've also been heartbroken, shattered, and and miserable, and sleepless nights, you know, and, you know, and 18 months ago, I was feeling like that, so, ladies and gentlemen, Valentine's Day is shared by everybody, it's not only the ones that are in love and loving the love of their life, but also for the ones who has lost the loves of their life, whether through uh, death, whether through divorce, whether through separation, whether through just uh, the end of the road, let's say, uh, irreconcilable differences. Still, I'm thinking about you guys because I've been in both situations, all right? And so I cherish what I'm having now because it's not guaranteed tomorrow. Tomorrow, I can get a phone call. Mia calls me up. Fuck you, RS. Don't ever speak to me again. Fuck you. I'm done. Click block. <laughs> Let's get to my man Half Pint's question. Let's get to my man's half pints question. Let me open up the question he posted to me on Twitter. All right. Do I have a favorite Super Bowl halftime show? And his, this is his top five. Number five, Bruno Mars. Number four, Bruce Springsteen. Number three, U2. Number two, Michael Jackson. And number one, Prince. Amazing, amazing list. Amazing list. Amazing list. I mean, you know what? I can't argue with that list. All right? But um, my number one and number two is definitely uh, Michael 1, Prince 2. Michael's 1993 performance set the standard. Set the standard, all right, for a popular... Pop music superstars, okay? Phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, then we go on to other. Uh, that that's my one and two. And Prince is two thousand. Prince in two thousand seven, it was raining, which was apropos because of Purple Rain. He's singing Purple Rain. Prince was flawless that night. I mean, 
easily number two. And if you want to argue that Prince is one, Michael's two, I'm not going to argue with you, all right? All right, uh, I'm looking at this list, right, of the ones, and you know what? Um, I got to give it to a Bruno Mars as number three. Bruno Mars, definitely number three on my list. Then I'm going to go U2, number four, and Springsteen, number five. So you and I have the same list. It just varies, but I'll make a prediction today. Usher, now I'm making this prediction. Usher's performance this Sunday, this upcoming Sunday Super Bowl, is going to blow away Bruce, Bruno, and you two. And it's going to land third on my all-time list of Super Bowl performers. That's the prediction I'm going to make. Uh, next week when I come back with my next tribute pod, I'll mention whether or not I was right. You know, I'll dissect this uh, performance. But look, Usher at 45 years old with three years of doing a Las Vegas residency where he perfected his act. The tiny desk concert he gave on on NPR that you could see for free on YouTube, okay? Usher has perfected his stage presence, his performance. Usher blends in dance music, ballads. He's got the great falsetto. He's got the uh, Michael Jackson, Sammy Davis Jr., and Stevie Wonder influence in his music. He is going to go out there and he is going to light up Vegas. And he's been in Vegas for years doing his residency. He's home. I expect a five-mic performance by Usher. And only Michael and Prince, when it's, said, when it's all said and done, Sunday night after Usher leaves the stage, will lay claim to greater performances than Usher. We will see. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got one more voice note from my friend from, uh, from um, Canada, Andrew. He's going to talk glowingly about Usher. Then I'm going to play the song Glue by Usher, his ballad that came out last summer. And I remember my lady, me, and I were sitting in the car last summer on a hot July day. She plays a radio station on Sirius, on her Sirius XM satellite radio that plays top 40 urban music, top 40 soul music. I love it. It's better than any fucking radio station in New York City. But you know, I'm a cheap bastard, so I'm not going to play for satellite radio. Because first of all, it'd be a waste of money to do that monthly subscription in my crib because I'm going to listen to my music anyway. I'm not going to play it. But this serious satellite FM radio station, I mean XM radio station, plays top 40 music. And it's programmed to be what we need across the country. It plays Her and SZA and Seven Streeter. And it played Glue by Usher. And I was sitting there and I'm like, who sings this song? And Mia's like, I don't know. I said, this song is about us. Listen to the song. Then I shazammed it. Boom. Glue by Usher. New song. 2023. Amazing song. So we're going to end the podcast with Glue. Another must-listen song for all you people out there that are huge Usher fans. Um, that might not have heard this song last summer because people 
First of all, I didn't get any radio airplay. And second of all, you know, if no one announces something, it never happens, right? Hopefully. And you know what's sad? Usher's got a new album coming out Friday. This song is not part of that album. Why not? I don't understand it. Anyway, last thoughts on Usher before I wrap up this podcast and give it to uh, Andrew with his voice note, and then we play the great ballad, Glue. Um, Usher has stood the test of time. His first album came out in 1994, so this is the 30th anniversary of his career. At the age of 45, he has blossomed into an incredible performer. Night in, night out, he he gave it a thousand percent in Vegas because all the people that attended that concert, regular people, celebrities, legends, etc., had the time of their lives. This Sunday, he's going to give the world a performance of a lifetime. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers and all the ones who were spurned, who lost loves. It's Valentine's Day for all of us. I want everybody out there, whether you're in a relationship or not, to continue to be blessed and be a blessing because a day alive is another day in which if you're not in love, you can find love. Ladies and, jo- ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back next week, hopefully if I don't die, here on the Legends of Sports and Music. Take it away, Andrew. What's good, everyone? It's Andrew again. Uh, what can I say about Usher? Ush, I put Usher and Kobe Bryant, I put those two gentlemen together as all three of us were born in 1978 and both of them been in the stars and been in the limelight over half my life. Sadly, and unfortunately, Bean is no longer here with us, but man, they were both doing their thing, teen sensations, and you know, they grew up and became men. They went through their trials and tribulations in public life, but you know, they overcame, they kept going, maintained, and kept doing their thing. What can I say about Usher? I mean, I remember when music videos were a thing. I remember nice and slow. It's seven o'clock on the dot. I'm in my drop top cruising the streets. Sorry, my wife's a singer in the marriage. But I remember that video where, you know, he was in Paris and they beat him up and took his girl and he had to go get her back. And I remember you remind me. And, you know, I remember all his other videos, how you make me want to leave the one you're with. And, you know, he'd take off his, take his feet out of his shoes and dance in his socks. And, you know, my favorite song, You Don't Have to Call, It's Okay, Girl. I remember that song, great song, dope video. I mean, that's my favorite song, probably along with Good Good Kisser. He's just a great artist and, you know, great songs and you know, really thinking about it, doing this voice note, I realized just how many great songs that this man had, what he was able to do, and, you know, how long he's been able to keep it going. I'm curious to hear what the rest of the Legend family has to say about Usher, and I'm sure he's going to kill it in that Super Bowl performance, because he always gives great performances. And yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about Usher. Take care.
Oh, you 